Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. This week's guest is BJ McDonald. Uh, BJ and I have been friends for a long time. He's a steady cam operator and a director, and he's just a good guy to talk to. He's got fun stories, so I was super happy to have him in. And he brought tequila, so that made me uh, very happy. And we drank a bunch of it, so <laughs> uh, it was fun. Anyway, uh, enjoy the episode, and if you'd like to contact me, you can do so at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. I love cats. <laughs> there she is. If she jumps up on the table, my apologies. No, that's all good. Let her do it. <laughs> um, uh, I have BJ McDonald with me. Hello. What's up, buddy? Oh, you know, hanging out, drinking tequila. Yeah, you brought a bottle of Casamigos. What is this? Uh, Blanc? Wait. What's uh-huh. it called? Agave. It yeah silver or whatever yeah it's delicious that's all it is all right cheers cheers i'm gonna try some here it's pretty good oh there's a little burn yeah okay you know you're alive (laughs) you do you do you do uh we could drink casamigos on every show and then just get a i could get a sponsorship yeah well if we had if we could get shirts you know made and and between a sponsorship of casamigos and gold bond be great i would love to be sponsored by gold bond it would just be i'd be all right with that well that's a really southern thing that's funny you bring that up well yeah i mean it's it's the case of the monkey butt we all we i think we've all had issue have we though i mean well, maybe I out here i never it's always good but anytime i shoot like east coast yeah the, yeah i guess it's that hum, the humid meter well i started get you going i started my career in florida that's right Believe me, I know about Gold Bond. That's right. <laughs> so Medicaid. you want to be sponsored. When to use it, how many times a day, yeah. <laughs> what, what kind to use. Dump that bottle in there. <laughs> There's just other stuff called prickly heat. And it sounds really bad. The name's kind of just deterring. But in all honesty, it's like if you pour that anywhere on your body, it's like ice. It's like ice skating. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Weird. Or Amazon. Get it. Weird. Yeah. That would be even better sponsorship. For anti-friction. Mm-hmm. For anti-friction is so, a good so word. So you could use that after you started having a problem oh yeah you keep it going because gold bond the key to that is apply early and often exactly this is uh <laughs> this is full on when you got that burn already just yeah. put it in there well <laughs> just dump it this is this is maybe going down a road we shouldn't go <laughs> but uh, um the set medics in florida used to carry of course gold bond and stuff but they'd carry um diaper rash stuff oh. for people see <laughs> especially for out-of-towners doing so many commercials we'd have yeah. people come over from la they have and... no calluses <laughs> right <laughs> there's no build-up <clears throat> well the yeah and the worst part is they have no idea what's about to happen to them so yeah. once it happens you're screwed so this yeah this thing sounds like the savior to that yeah issue it's good stuff it's not a it's not your lissagath that we all talk about but it's a <laughs> That fixes everything, but it's ba- prickly. Baldwin's got the market cornered on Lissagav, so... Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> so, speaking of the South, you're from Florida, too. Well, let's not go that far. You're from... I was born here in Van Nuys. <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah, but oh, my family moved me to Florida when I was five, and I grew oh. up... So, yes, I'm I'm more like a daywalker, like Blade. So, I have the blood of California, but I have also a little bit of that Florida in me, too, so... I oh, guess you got plenty in here. I got plenty. Well, I have plenty. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I'm a daywalker. Especially the Pensacola. Well, that's even worse. That was it, right, Pensacola? That, that is it, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the panhandle. I used to surf in Mobile, Alabama, so that, that shows you how close I was to the, to the Bama. What do they call it up there, Lower Alabama? The Redneck Riviera. Well, that too. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> there's some nice there are some nice areas up there. Yeah, it's great stuff if you're by the beach. Yeah. Do you start heading inward though? <whistles> yep. <laughs> Gotta be careful. I mean, the, 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 actually, the same is true about almost all of Florida. Yeah, I think it's all around the coastal areas. You're all right, but you go in deeper. <clears throat> well, I grew weird. up in Orlando. Oh, and Orlando's all right. We got the magic of Disney. I mean, it's changed a lot over the years, you know, since yeah. I left and before. But, but it's really, it's really diverse there. It's really, there's a lot of you know, it's turning into a mid-sized city kind of. Yeah. Well, the future is there. You had but, Epcot, but you can drive 15 minutes in any direction and find you know, mm-hmm. bad badness. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> you can find a guy frying up a possum or a squirrel, probably. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. you also have to go down the same road to get the, um, what are the peanuts? The um, Oh, the, are you talking about the boiled peanuts? Boiled peanuts. Yeah, the I missed best, that, actually. Dude. There's this, this this handicapped guy that used to sell boiled peanuts at the 7-Eleven by my house. And it was awesome. Like, I would always go there and get boiled peanuts. There or here? In Pensacola. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this guy, that was his thing. That's how he made his money. Boiled peanuts. He'd sit there right in front of Seven Eleven, and he'd get you boiled peanuts. Right. And there, there was a guy on on, was it fifty six, whatever. The road we got off the freeway to go to the beach. Yep. That road that everybody, the little two lane road, whatever that was. Yeah. Um, there would be a boiled peanuts guy, about halfway in between, and he was that was. It's the best. <clears throat> everybody knows about him too. He's there every day. Yeah. It's you know that's his. It's a truck. Yeah. With a you know pot of boiling water or whatever mm-hmm. he's doing over there but yeah i've made him out here my 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 buddy and i who's floridian we we made boiled well he did most of the work yeah actually but you just ate him <clears throat> i yeah i did yeah and then i brought a bunch home and i ate him the next day <laughs> yeah hey. good. some people hate them but it's fantastic oh, yeah I real do. spicy i haven't had that in a long time i haven't even heard of i like just the subject of boiled peanuts has not crossed my mind in some time so yeah it's maybe been 10 years since i'm getting I, all daydreaming about it I know, right? Right. Yeah. Florida. Florida. Problems. It's funny because there are some great things about the South and about Florida and stuff, and there are just some screwed up backwards things, man. Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you just look at the news sometimes. It's like, oh, what what weird thing happened? I bet it's in Florida. Yep. That's <laughs> what it is. There's so many like radio shows that have this week in Florida. Or, yeah. You know, Florida Man, <laughs> Florida Today. It's, it's like a part of their show. It's got to be the heat. So everybody should be sponsored by Gold Bond and Prickly Heat to revert back to what we were just saying. It's like old people and crazies, you know? Yeah. And then there's all this weird money, all this weird money mixing. It's like a yeah. lot of drug money in the South. Yep. People think there's no drug. I mean, oh, all ridiculous. that money is still there, you know? Yeah, yeah. 100%. <clears throat> and, then, and then there's all that West Coast, like, all the political org- organizations go to, like, Sarasota or Clearwater, yeah. wherever, to raise money. I, I don't. It's just the weirdest amalgamation of... You know, but anyway, it's a whole, a whole, uh, just gathering of of odd, gathering of weirdness. It is. <clears throat> so you, so you got out of Pensacola when you were what, like eighteen? No, I was twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. Yeah, I was I there. I thought you were younger. You went on tour or something. I did. I used to be in a punk band. That's what I did uh, before I did anything film. But I used to come out here. I, I didn't. I was interested in film because of my grandfather. I think I've told you all this stuff. But my grandfather was an old actor, so I used to go to film sets with him and and. Uh, you know, I started making home movies with my friends, like just stupid, like action films that we'd run around, just blow things up. Was, I'm sure we're, I'm, I can't believe we're not, one of us isn't dead yet or was dead or got <laughs> right. killed or went to jail, whatever. But uh, yeah, it all started from that. And uh, and then I was in a punk band and I did that thinking that was the way to go. But I mean, Jesus, even back then before the Internet, you know, you had to tour. There was no no iTunes to sell your music. You were just 
selling CDs, CDs at the back yeah, of the show, right? Maximum Rock and Roll magazine. That's how people knew what bands were coming. Just that was what it was. And it was it was a great time in my life. I actually enjoyed being in the punk band and touring around, but uh no money. And then when that all kind of fizzled out, I was like, Well, time to go to California and see if I can uh Right make money doing what I love doing with my buddies is making these stupid movies. Right. And and you came out and what what was because you were a grip was that the first thing you did yeah yeah i started out as a grip and uh my buddy jason he jason which is it's just a weird circle my friend jason was in a band called charge that was from Fairhope, alabama and so he would book my band in alabama and i'd book his band in pensacola he left wow. i didn't talk to him for a while and then next thing i know he was in the film business and uh he was a grip so he decided they were going to move him and his wife at the time were going to move to california and i was already moving to california and he's like well whenever you're ready to get into the business I'll get you in. So I moved out here and uh, started working as a grip. Got in that way, and that's how I started. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you were a dolly grip too for a while, right? In between, I was more. I was. I was like a dolly grip sometimes, and just a regular grip on other shows. It just depended. But I dolly gripped quite a bit actually. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what get, got you into wanting to do camera, or did you already want to? Well, I always liked doing camera, even like with the with the short films that me and my buddies were making. Right. Um. But. I think what happened, the weirdest thing was just like, yeah, being on a dolly, sure. It was working with the operators and, and, and learning framing. and You get and the idea of it. You get the idea of it, <clears throat> and, you, and you figure it out. And working together with an operator, you know, and, and, and composing the shots. And so, mm-hmm. in a strange way, I mean, I loved being a grip, and I enjoyed the knowledge they gave me and, like, the experience. And, like, I learned so many skills doing that. Like, hey, we can make anything happen. We just got to have the time, and, you know, we just, we'll figure it out. That mm-hmm. was, like, the main thing as, as a grip. We always would figure something out on the fly and i love that that always appeared to be the fun part of being a grip exactly it's like rigging things in the in the moment in the moment that was great but there was a part of me that was every time i would go see a movie or watch a tv show i worked on i never felt like i was part of the project Mm -hmm. in a way i always was just kind of looking at it going well you know i set some flags and i was gonna say you didn't like look and be like i can see where i put that net (laughs) exactly i'm glad that the the fusion was in front of that light i did that (laughs) You know, which is, look, I'm not bagging on, on gripping no, or I anything like not. that, but it's like... But you didn't feel yourself I in didn't, it. I didn't feel like I was right. actually a part of this, of, of what you were seeing. Right. You know, and I I moved out here to get into that and to be, to put my touch on whatever I was working on. Mm-hmm. And so that's really how I kind of got really more interested in being a camera operator. And so that's uh, that's the path I took, you know. And, and I talked to Charles Pappert a lot, you know, because I was working with him on Scrubs and picking his brain. And he was telling me, like... The, the right steady cam rig to get how to do it you right. know don't take out a big loan that's what i you know i took all the money that i was making as a grip and i was buying you know piece by piece piece by piece oh. steady cam form took me two years to build a pro one you know like i was just buying like the battery cage mm. with batteries the center post i got a gimbal and i would sit there and look in my closet where all these pieces were just collecting for two years i did that and just uh, okay i can afford this piece your I unbuilt erector set kind of it was it would drive you crazy you know because I just wanted to get into that world, so mm-hmm. it took a while, you yeah. know. And then once I got the rig, that's I started like just doing student films, you know, right? And trying to trying to mess up on those before I actually got out into the real world. Yeah, I I started on student films too. I mean, are there really are there any student films hiring Steadicam operators anymore? I don't I know. know. I don't even know how the market is anymore because, you know, like whenever we got into it, it was all. Even the, even when we got into it, it was film cameras. Oh you know, yeah, for the most part, everything was film, and everything's so much easier now with getting a hold of cameras or being able to shoot your movies and things like that. So 
you know the the best choice that I saw was you know getting into it was going to these to the film schools and you mm-hmm. know hey you know hire me I'll come out and do it for a couple hundred bucks or right. I have this rig you know just to build your 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 reel and which that was even hard getting at the time which I'm sure you remember oh, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah, like yeah yeah we'll give you the footage no right. work done you can barely get the money from them and then <clears throat> exactly yeah. and so that was that's the uh, that's kind of how I how I came up doing the things and then yeah. as a grip being a grip. I already had contacts with other DPs, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I pushed Dolly, you know, for so and so or you know whatever. And once I got to the comfortable point, I would give him a call and say, "Hey, look, if your your if your usual guys aren't available, you can try me. Out. Give me a chance, right? You know." And some guys did. Yeah, it seems like you've been really good at like hustling for work over the years. <laughs> well, I mean, I, well, I've always gotten the impression and that you like everybody that called you were you were down to do it. For the most part, yeah. I mean, that's just part of being hungry, you know, at that time. I mean, I was hungry too, but there's something like, I got deterred a little by that. There was that whole thing of like, don't underbid anybody. And I was so scared to come out here and like somebody to call me out for like not asking for enough money or something. So like I lost a bunch of jobs because I'd like try to fight for more money, which they, they realistically didn't have. Yeah. And then ended up calling somebody else. And, you know, so I, I really stumbled over myself for a while trying to be like a good guy in town when right. really I just needed more experience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, it's a fine line between what jobs or who's calling you, too. It's like if you know there's an indie film that's going to call you and you kind of get a gist of what their budget's going to be, then you kind of, you know, I would I would not underbid anything or I wouldn't do things for free, but I always would get something. Right. Um, but it just was one of those things where when you're first starting out you know you're trying to get right. your real build you're trying to get right. exposure you're trying to you know get as much as you can yeah, you know? yeah. And, and uh yeah i mean i didn't i didn't go low low on things no 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 i'm not saying that i'm just saying like i think you were smarter about it than i was like yeah you didn't <clears throat> you were a little more realistic and i was just kind of being like well the rate is this and it should be this i should make the, you know what i mean right. like as opposed to like okay you don't have the money like nowadays i'm really good at reading like yeah when you talk to them on the phone you can figure it out fairly quickly like oh, yeah. what range you're going to be in yeah, exactly <clears throat> back then i had no idea so yeah. you know they're calling me some for some tiny movie that i don't you know but um, I, anyway yeah i'm i'm saying you know, like that was probably smart of you yeah i mean i just and, and, you make more contacts time, with other people exactly too, and that's know? and that's the thing it's like a lot of the, a lot of the things that i would do f- to, to go in and help people out, you know, especially like with other people getting started, you know, they always came back to, to rehire me later, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then when they got the bigger jobs, then it was kind of a good payoff. And mm-hmm. it was nice that I actually did those things for some people, right? you know, and got, you know, I gave, I scratched their back, they scratched mine, right. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and the same is true for me in, in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I wouldn't say most, but certainly a lot. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there are people I work with today that I worked with 12 years ago or, yeah. thir- you know what I mean? Like, um, that I did a favor for and that's so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. And because of all your contacts, you just like, and a lot of those are a good amount anyway, went places. They did. Yeah. I, I just stumbled on lucky. I think, you know, that's the thing. It's like you meet, you, you know, a lot of people that I did do a lot of favors for, they actually did go places, you know, and it was, yeah. it, was it was awesome. You know, like, and it just. I feel like I, I, even even nowadays I still feel pretty lucky when it comes down to work. You know, like I never take anything for granted. I'm always, you know, hey, you know, at least I'm working. 
you know, and right. it's always that. So right, right, right. Yeah, that's that is good. It's good to be busy. Yeah, um, it's, it's been good. Well, wait. So, what year was that when you when you kind of really started when the rig was built and. I think I've completed my rig in 2003 and started shooting around 2003. Oh, okay. So I was in between gripping and operating. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that was a real hard juggle, too, because I tried to do both. And just there was at one point where I just had to say, you know, no one's going to take me seriously if I'm trying to do both. So mm-hmm. I had to just walk away from gripping at that. And, and you know, I think some people will and some people certainly won't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, a scary you- thing when you're making good money is something. Cause I was making pretty good money as a grip, but it's like just going, I gotta, I gotta actually take that step. That was the, that was a really scary moment, mm-hmm. you know, because you went from, you know, making a certain amount of money and you're, you got rent out here, which is crazy. And then it was a noticeable decline of, of how much money I oh, was yeah. making and just, it was brutal, you know, but you have to take that plunge. You have to take the chance, you know, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. You know, for me that the same thing happened, but not luckily but I was already used to the lower money because I was working I was doing like little steady cam jobs on the side but I was doing like prop assist mm-hmm. in Florida oh you're propping <clears throat> oh yeah I didn't know that oh you didn't know that Mm-mm. oh for a long time yeah oh for a couple no of years I mean I started out as a PA and then like prop assistants made like three times what a PA did so oh, yeah you know yeah uh, <laughs> I didn't care smart. and I actually liked it because they would put me on the they would put me with the director yeah um the 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 art director that I worked with or probably it was kind of both he didn't want to be around directors wow so he would put me inside <laughs> and I would deal with I would deal with the DP the director yeah. like product shots move it this way move it that way That's do cool. so I would do all that stuff and so and and any time on set is a good time on set if yeah. you pay attention to what's going on. So yeah. everything I did, I mean, there were times that they needed an extra electrician, so I humped cable. Yeah, needed an extra grip. I built four buys, or I mean, twelve buys, or twenty buys, yeah. or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but you can watch and see what's going on, and I I like that perspective. I'm sure you yeah. feel the same way. It's like you can see every department. Yep. So I know when I ask somebody like, "Can you do this for me?" And they're like, well, I have to do... And then I'm like, okay, so that's going to take a while. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, was learning a set etiquette, actually. You know, or learning... And learning the functions of everybody's job on set. So, you know how things work. And when they walk off set, it doesn't mean they're doing nothing. They're building the thing that has to come in or whatever it might be. And understanding that, There's time to things. Right. Right. And I think some people get impatient and whatever. And I think... And so do I. Yeah. Believe me. But... But, um... Anyway, I just think it's a good knowledge base to like be a PA for a while. It's good to actually see how things work on a set, right? You know, instead of trying to just jump into like I'm going to be a camera operator, right? Or I'm going to be a DP. You right. know, it's like no, go on a set and see how things really work because you're going right. to come in knowing a lot better, and the knowledge you're going to obtain from that is you can't pay for that, right? Even I went to film school, and I remember opening the books and like seeing a C stand and going. All right, that's cool. I can see what that is. I don't have no idea how that thing works. Mm-hmm. C stand. You put a flag on it. It's right. like you know, you're reading this stuff, and you did you use a C stand in film school? I don't think I even did. Right. In all honesty, like we had a we had a book of like all these things, and it's like one thing to read it and see a picture of it, but then like you're like, oh, I don't even. Okay. Right. It, you set a flag on it, and then until you actually get there and you start messing with those things and really seeing like you know what distance is different, like close to the light or, or farther from the light, what the results are from that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just invaluable knowledge that you don't get in film school. At least right. where I went, I went to LACC, Los Angeles City College. Okay. Because I was broke, and uh, you know, 
it was great but it was also the experience i got on a set was more valuable than anything yeah should save money yeah i mean you know you got where you got so yeah. that's good but yeah i always tell like if people ask me should i go to film school if you want to work on a set no exactly if you want to be a historian a critic um maybe even a director yeah um or maybe a writer sure right. Sure, yeah. maybe that's good. And also for networking stuff, it's probably good. If, if you can yeah. go to USC or NYU. or you, it, I think it's valuable to AFI, USC, and those things. Cause right. There's a lot of people. They all stick together, too, which is kind of nice. Right. You know, I can't even tell you anyone from LACC that I still talk to. Right. right. All that's even in the business. You know, my one friend, James, he does solar panels now with his dad, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Good you for know, him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But no, but, but I, I always say, like, if your parents are willing to send you to film school. Yeah for forty thousand dollars or whatever it's going to cost yeah just ask them to pay your rent for you and and <laughs> and go and and no and literally go to production yeah. manager and say i'll intern for you yeah 100 percent. i'll give you a couple days and this is how i got my first job ever i yeah. I went to a guy and i said look i'll intern for the first it's a two-day thing yeah i'll intern for the first day if you like me you can pay me for the second yeah see give and you a chance i worked with that guy right out of school i worked with him for it's like dealing drugs three four years Here, just have a, have a, have one hit. Well, look, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a fair trade off, and that's what interning's for. It's yeah. to show that I'm a hard worker and I'm going to do a good job. With when you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah, and it's you know, and also for me to learn a little bit and whatever. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and and so if you do if you did that for a year, you're yeah. so much better off because you were talking about once you grab a C stand, but when you see somebody with a C stand, pull it out where it's all folded. Yeah. Put it experience. over their shoulder, open it. You're like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you're like, "Oh!" And then they raise the risers, and you're like, "Oh, I see what's going on here, right?" Yeah. And and then you know, and at first it's like, uh, and then you know, you just by seeing it, you get it. Uh, That's my point. So yeah. like, you don't you don't necessarily it's hands on experience. It's eyes on at least. Yeah. And then later hands on, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, <clears throat> so. But, oh, totally. Um, anyway, enough about that crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe film school is right for the right people. Hey, look. I went to LACC. It was $11 a unit. (laughs) I I looked at USC. It's like, nope. I looked at AFI. It's like, don't have enough uh, criteria to go there. Right. And uh, Can't get in. Can't can't afford it. Can't afford it. Right. And I'd be in a loan forever. And LACC was $11 a unit. Hey, win-win. Right. That was it. Crazy. Yeah. Um. I, I just looked at my 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 notes here. My don't look at my notes. Oh wow, God. No. <laughs> um, but I remembered, and I think I'm remembering correctly. Well, you're friends with Susan. Well, you know Susan Johnson, director Susan Johnson, you, you producer Susan Johnson. Right. Yeah. From you did at least the movies. The I Eye did the, the sequel to the movie that you Eye did. I the dolphin. Right. Yeah. In the Bahamas. It's a long time ago. Yeah. And then you did another movie with her. Was there a movie in Spain? There was a movie called Americano. Yeah. Did you run with the bulls in that? Yeah, I did. With the camera? Not with a steady cam, but I did. Yeah, no, 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 I, no. I had a. At that time, they had the three CCD camera, that like the, like a security cam and a big tape deck, like so, a lipstick camera, like a lipstick cam, and exactly, a, and like a mini or a DVC D, yep. or something. Yeah, a whole recorder. So. Yeah, yeah. In Spain, in Pamplona, you can't go into, you can't run with the bulls with a camera there. You'll get kicked out of the whole festival. It's like a nine-day festival that you're that that's there. So what we did was because for for safety purposes, for safety purposes, right. yeah. Because honestly, the most there's people thing, shooting it everywhere, so they don't care on, about on the outside footage. of the right. barriers. Yeah, right, right, right. but if you're in there with the camera, you get in big trouble. Right. 
So we actually... You were about to say the most dangerous thing, and I'm guessing most, you're going to say tripping the, over somebody else. You're right. It's the people. Right, yeah. Right, right, I mean, right. the, the bulls are dangerous. I mean, you know, it's it's gnarly when they come by you, and we got close. Like, there was a moment where we, like, sucked up against the barriers, and this, and one of the horns just went, like, right by our stomachs. We were like, whoa! We, like, sucked in. It was crazy. But whoa. it's the people, because everyone's pushing everyone out of the way to get to where they have to go. And it's like... And people running, get into freak-out mode, too. People they freak panic, out. Yeah, people And they'll panic. push people out of the way and, and stuff. And there's a lot right? of people. Yeah. Yeah. So... So yeah, we, what would you guys do? Would you run so, at the beginning, like no, way we were, down the hill, or you would run we were closer at, to? The, we were close to to where the uh, where they would where, where they would run the into the, the arena. Hill. Oh, so you were there? We were right there where they at the very end where you would run down. Uh, there's a, like, I guess this one area called Hamburger Alley because that's where the bulls take this real sharp corner and they fall kind of and, fall down and wipe people out. So we started there, and uh, yeah, we ran all the way from there into the into the. Uh, arena where they do the bullfights and they shut the gates. They but then they it's kind of funny because actually they rally up the the bulls into a back area and then they release these little like cab bulls that are like oh. with these bumpers on their horns so they don't so they can't gore you and they just start going and plowing through people and like hitting people. It's kind really? of it's kind of amazing. Yeah, um, I don't condone bullfighting at all. By the way, I, I don't. I think it's I don't, absolutely horrible. I do you know? too. I do too. But but there's something about running. Like I'm a little jealous. I'm so super conflicted because I think it would be right. exhilarating to run with the bulls. It was an experience. It was amazing. Like in and, and uh, were you were you at were you close enough? Well, you said one time they came close to you. Well, we were in there, and so so. We had the camera. I had I wore a black jacket because you because everybody wears white with, with the red, red right? Yeah, the yeah. red bandanas and a red belt. And uh, me and the actor had black shirts on. He had a black button up on, and I had a black Dickies jacket, which concealed the recorder that was actually strapped to my stomach. Right. And so I had a, a line running to the camera in my hand, hidden by the sleeve of my jacket. Right. So as soon as the bull started coming in, I'd re- I reached under my jacket and re- and hit record. And so I just pointed my hand out, you know, where you couldn't see the camera and just aimed it at the actor and we just ran and we just like, I mean, we were running full on with the bulls and with all the people. So you have shots that you shot of him with like bulls right behind oh, yeah. him and stuff. Oh yeah. We were, it's, it's in the, uh, it's in the running like full on. We didn't fake that. Like, so you stood close. You didn't run the whole distance, but you no, waited for the bulls waited. to come down and then went. We probably ran about, I would say maybe half a mile. Wow. Yeah, because it's it, there's a bunch of different there's a bunch of bulls and it all spreads out. Well, it makes out. sense because you also don't want to be tired before you get into the right. arena. That's not a good thing. And you're carrying this extra shit. I have and, all that stuff on. And, and I, he's an actor. You never know what he's gonna do. Well, he kept running, and I kept yelling, "Josh, don't go into the arena, don't!" Because because he kept running, I'm like, "Don't go in there!" Because I didn't know what was going on inside there. I knew that's where they rallied everything up, and I thought we were gonna get stuck in there and be free, like running around and. Which and trying to dodge bulls. Do get. Well, you do get that, yeah, until they round them up, and then these baby bulls come out and, go, like I said, and go crazy. But he kept running, and and the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous parts is that little like bottleneck that goes into the into the the arena, right? Because that's where everybody it's jams a small up. opening. And there's videos in the past of people that are just like a pileup happens, and then the bulls just plow right through the oh, people. Oh god, like, people have been killed right there. So we started approaching that. I started I started freaking out because he kept going, but I'm like, well, I guess we're going in. And Ooh. so I just kept running. We went in there and we did it. And it was definitely an amazing time, you know? And we were there the whole festival shooting it, too. It was in Pamplona, it's kind of an amazing festival just to, to experience just everything that's going on. Because it's not just the bulls running. Right. And it's it's the festival and the San Fermin festival that's going on. And it's like, I don't know, it's the biggest party, like one of the biggest parties I've ever been in. Right. You know, where people are just like gathered around, dancing, having a good time, everybody's drinking. 
and it's completely insane. That's cool. And I highly recommend if you ever get a chance to go, just to, not not even to run with the bulls, you know, just to go to the festivals and, and experience it and experience yeah. it because the uh, the mornings when they run and then when the runs are done, you know, obviously there's a bullfight which is awful, but then the rest of the time there's dancing and there's like just everybody's having a good time, yeah. celebrating. I'm so conflicted. Like I said, I mean, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's I think it's horrific. I hate it. Um, I'm not a vegetarian or anything yeah. like that. I mean, but you know being cruel stabbing an animal over and over again i mean it's just really i was in there for one of the we filmed in one of them so i i actually did see it and it's it's uh yeah it's not good wrenching yeah Yeah. it's it's a it's a bummer but but the yeah anyway um but how many times did you you run i I see tears (laughs) give me more tequila yeah well it's right here (laughs) (laughs) um how many times did you do it out of nine days I only ran, I only ran, I want to say twice. Okay. Because most of the other times I was on the, on the barriers filming. Right. So we would actually So you were allowed shoot. to be there, so you would shoot there. Right. So we right. could actually take our film cameras, and we were shooting, uh, at that time, 16 millimeters, what we shot with the, the whole film, except for that running of the bull stuff, because mm-hmm. we didn't have the right yeah, cameras, yeah, we couldn't yeah. conceal it. Um, and that was like right when digital, people were starting to really mess with digital, which is kind of cool at seeing that transition. But was that yeah. before or after the Bahamas? The Bahamas movie this was, was like before. 06, right? Yeah, this was, I want to say this, it's a movie called Americano. And uh, it's like Dennis Hopper and Josh Jackson. Um, it was, I Oh, cool cast. A, yeah, so it was, it was Josh Jackson running in. Well, that was, that was me and Josh that were, in, that were running. Right, right. You said Josh yeah. before. That's yeah, yeah. Why. Oh, and Dennis Hopper. That was interesting. But he was, he was great. Like, it was kind of cool to, to work with Dennis Hopper. I worked with him once. Yeah, he's for a day. Yeah, he's a totally interesting guy. <laughs> Super interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I worked with him on a thing where it was actually a crazy job where we we walked. They played nine holes of golf. It was Peter something, this golf guy, right? Sort of like the golf network. And we did Steadicam from the tee all the way. And I would leave them, and another guy picked him up to take him on the green. And oh wow! They, it's like an interview the whole time. Then I would jump on a golf cart and go to, go the, to next, the next area. Oh my god! Wow. Um, but anyway, so so hearing feet of endurance yeah totally <laughs> but but hearing but hearing um dennis hopper talk about like blue velvet and shit yeah. you know where this guy's interviewing him while they're playing golf it's like super relaxed yeah and, you know it was really cool it's pretty cool and and so he was there for the whole film or no he was only well his daughter was starring in it also oh and she was awesome um so she was in spain he was never in spain we actually shot this interior of this bar because like in the movie there's a interior there's this bar that they would always go to it's like it's like a tourist kind of like adventure movie okay but it all revolved around this bar that they would go to each night mm-hmm. and uh so we shot the interior of the bar here in chinatown actually <laughs> so weird but we were in spain for a long time but then but that's where we had dennis hopper we had him for like a week or two weeks or something like that got it and so it was just that was one of those moments where it was kind of cool you know when you're doing steadicam with Dennis Hopper and it's like right in the beginning of the career of my career of like being a camera operator having those people like on film it's like this this is cool man that's really neat yeah and he he was cool right he was great yeah he treated yeah, he, was he was nice to everybody when I saw him yeah, yeah yeah I really enjoyed him he's such a he he's played so many odd and also evil characters yeah that you almost you start to relate his characters to him as a oh, human. yeah you think that's who it is right you know <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> That's the weird thing about this business, and you do meet certain actors, and you've only seen him play that one, right. that, that that one memorable part, and you're like, 
you you're like, oh, was well, that? look, he made be? Speed. Yeah, he did. Right. Pretty. Yeah. He did a lot of good movies. Wait, wait, wait. I, mean, wait. I even say Waterworld. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it? Pop Quiz Hot Shot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Uh, and he was like missing a finger, right? I think in so. that he, movie. Yeah, something like that's like the giveaway that he was a bomb guy. Bomb guy. <laughs> it's always a, it's always the missing fingers guys, just like the a lot of the pyro guys we have. <laughs> no offense to any pirate guys like, that are listening to this. They're like, I see you're missing a leg. Where you? Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna ask for. A I was on pad. this movie this one time. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh. <laughs> Where's that thing gonna go off? I'll be over here. <laughs> I'll be that way. Yep. <laughs> Get the talent head. Whatever they tell you, you always go a hundred yards further. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. You've done a lot of movies with shit blowing up too. Yeah, we done, we we blown a lot of shit up. You did well. Let's see. I'm just thinking. Well, okay, wait. A funny one. You did MacGruber. You blew some shit up in that. I love, I love MacGruber. Like I love it. MacGruber was fantastic. Yeah, it's we, a good uh, movie. We, yeah, we blew up his whole team in a van. I love the look of it too. That's Brandon Trust though. It's like yeah, he's, it looked, but it had that '80s vibe to it, which yeah. it was supposed to. Supposed to have that whole it was vibe so to cool, it. Yeah. you know. And it was like they from the get go they wanted to shoot it like in that that actiony kind of feel. You know, like you know we did a lot of steady cam stuff. We did a lot of traditional just camera work, not just all handheld like. Right. You did like, like a bunch of slow mo. Great stuff. A lot of slow mo. Just just we actually composed shots for a movie like that, and tried to make it look as epic as it could be for a comedy. Right. You know, and I think that's what Brandon does. A lot of really great stuff because he does his research and you know he reads these things and talks to the directors about it and then you know like making an epic looking comedy you know it's a lot of people people don't do that all the time they're starting to now and now but like back in when we did mcgruber it was like we tried to take every shot being super serious well that's why it stood out so much yeah because it was it was doing just that yeah and it was one of the first movies that i remember doing kind of a throwback thing like <clears throat> You know, using a look that kind of used to exist. Yeah. On something new. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. You know, and where so many people would be like, oh, it looks dated. Yeah. But that's part of the joke. Yeah. 100%. You know? And it's just really smart filmmaking, in my yeah. opinion. Well, it's also, you know, the director, Yorma Tacone, um, in which, you know, he's part of the Lonely Island guys, you know, and, and uh, he, like, they're just so good at that kind of stuff. And, like, that was the whole. They had that all planned out the way they wanted to do it that way from the get go. You know, it's they're they're smart with that. Yeah, they do good. They do good stuff. They do good work. <laughs> they do indeed. They do, and and they're nice people. They're awesome. Super nice people. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you find these people you like to work with, it's you always want to just do that. Be with those people. Actually, I'm remembering. <laughs> I just remembered this. You and I, because we've worked together a bunch of times, mm-hmm. but we did a commercial with Yorma and and trust was it the AT&T one yes <laughs> remember uh, you're gonna totally tell you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna wrap me out with having that long panhandle and just sitting back on a dolly right that, no no no, no no it had nothing to do about that I mean I did great work on that show you did on that commercial you did average work I did but, average yeah but yeah I, well, that's what I usually do no I mean we were dolly jockeying hard on that one I mean yeah. I definitely I definitely definitely unlocked both the pan and the tilt on the head uh, multiple times well that's you know over that's, two days that's a t- that's tough you yep. know hey <laughs> i'm telling you man it wasn't just right arm it was yeah. left arm yeah well, both eyes but no the pure jo- concentration i just remember i just remember we're this is how this is how much shit has changed it was the first what they call it samsung it was they called it a phablet 
it was like the big phone that's yes. what it was it, yeah. and it was like the size of the phone i'm holding up right now yeah and we're like people are like nobody's ever gonna fucking use that thing look at that oh yeah and we're all like what that's so lame it's so stupid <laughs> and here we're we like, are. this is so stupid i can't believe they're doing this yeah i mean everyone agreed no one was like oh this is it yeah, this and is what's i can't happen. wait to buy this one of the those future. Like, no one yeah. said that we're all just like Ugh. Mm-hmm. and then and then as soon as it came out, like they sold like fifty million of them in like the first, you know, six months or whatever. We're like, oh, that and now we shows all have them. Terrible judges of character and things, and <laughs> it's it's funny. I mean, whoever came up with that idea, it it seems yeah, it seems so minuscule and minor. It seems so yeah. obvious now, but then it was like kind yeah. of revolutionary to can't a put that in your pocket, right? No. And now we all now do we it. We all do it. It's yeah. so it's so weird. So dumb. I know. Anyway, AT and T commercials. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, actually, it's funny you talk about like favors for payback. Mm-hmm. That almost it wasn't it wasn't payback, but like doing when we when we did Rob Zombie's last movie. Oh yeah, so brutal. Thirty one, <laughs> so brutal, and yep. and you know, um, in this the AT and T was long before that, but yeah, like you do jobs like, and I had worked with Rob on another movie and that you referred me to and, yeah but um yeah because you did lords of salem yeah and i was doing i did jack reacher at that time and i remember that's we we got you we, we got you hooked up with brandon on that yeah and uh yeah I, I i saw i saw that movie well that movie was shot differently than all of rob's other films yeah and i i love the way that it looked i, I did thought, too i thought they'd you know, i thought everything they shot was really cool i i uh we shot i think what did we rate? We rated it was a red MX. Oh, was it? I don't even know what you guys shot. We that rated on. it at, at the max ASA. I think was thirty two hundred or something right. with anamorphics like yeah. like C series and yeah. even older like A series cool. anamorphics. We had a lens we called Terminator. It yeah. was it was it's massive, three feet long. It was a fifty to hundred. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually built it just for fun. Yeah. I was like, well, also going in, I hadn't worked with Brandon, and yeah. so at the prep, I'm like, you think we could fly that on Steadicam? They're like, we'll never do that, and I'm like, just in case. I mean, who Let's knows what it. they might ask for? Let's right. throw it up, and they're like. Oh. And I don't think the assistants liked it very much. But so I, we throw it up. We just get it built. Mm-hmm. And Brandon walks into the prep. And he walks up and he goes, oh, cool. We're never going to do that. Oh. <laughs> it was so was heavy. Honest. I could barely balance it. Yeah. But I mean, I had it up. And I, can't, I, I thought I took a photo. And I could never find a photo yeah. of it. Yeah. But, um, but I, it flew. Yeah. But the thing was brutal. What's what I liked about when we did 31. I liked the fact that we did mix some shots of kind of how uh, Lords of Salem was shot mixed in with the Devil's Rejects kind of look because we did we did do it that way because all the stuff uh, with Malcolm McDowell in the theater was very Lords of Salem that's true it was and then everything <laughs> that was in the in the whole arena or whatever you want to call it with the with the, with chasing people around that was very Devil's Rejects very handheld very like you know interesting angles it was I think I ruined two pairs of shoes on that I mean my knee pads clothes I still have but I need to burn yeah you should burn those being in that nasty crazy Gideon's they're basement. so gross so yeah. gross <laughs> I mean we're dripping water everywhere we're yeah. getting splashed like gross water coming yeah. out of pipes Ugh. that was like an old meat yes, packing plant or something awful. wasn't it it was pretty underground yeah oh god but yeah, we, we were down there for a while <laughs> 
and we would get I, I remember getting on ladders to do a couple of shots mm-hmm. for stuff and just being like amongst those pipes and stuff and just looking on top of the pipes and see what's oh, collected God, on there you're just like mm-hmm. I mean this can't like the EPA would burn yeah. down if it even looked in here that's like, a that's true Rob Zombie fashion though because you're gonna go into some nasty nasty places I mean yeah. I remember on Devil's Rejects I'll never forget being at Sable Ranch and I remember we were out that big they have this house out there that you see it in all sorts of movies but that was that was the Firefly house that we shot like like hit the characters that, and I'll, that and I'll, burned down I think actually the house is still there oh it is it, that didn't burn down it was oh. like all the backside of, of uh, Sable Ranch oh that um, didn't burn that didn't oh, okay. burn that's still there but I'll never forget walking and the sand was so thick and dusty that you know you're in these we had this huge shootout sequence in the beginning of that and and they were blowing they had pheasants like these dead pheasants that they actually real ones that they packed charges into that were like you know hanging from these strings and they were blowing up real birds that so we had a pig head on top of this thing it was a real pig head and we just left it up there and let it rot for the shot it was that was not makeup effects that was a real pig head and it was dripping maggots like you know you'd be walking down there and you'd look up it was just so gross and i remember walking i'm getting back to the dust i'm like i'm all t- i'm drinking too much tequila um not enough tequila right um i just remember walking and and i just felt this pain in my foot and picked my foot up and there was a nail sticking through my foot like those kind of environments it's like all right we're in the suck right now but it's always that but there's also it's always it's hard to work in those kind of environments but then you look at the product afterwards and it's always awesome it's like looking it's like working in the rain this sucks working in the rain is terrible but then you see what it looks like on film and it looks awesome or the snow it sucks yeah but when you see it it's like yeah it looks cool yeah yeah i agree (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess i'm just like a ptsd about that shit Mm -hmm. i mean i was also it was a little 31 particularly um while we started all i had was a 12 to 1 yeah. And, and Rob was like, well, give me a 50. And then, like, the next take, he's like, how long do you have there? <laughs> like, 270. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 270. He loves that super tight lens stuff. Right. And then, but I couldn't do handheld with it. Right. So I'm, I've am i got it on a sandbag all the time, but yeah. I'm, I'm literally lifting it off the ground. Yeah. And hanging on to one of the rods with my <laughs> left hand and then just doing this, like, crazy handheld, which was so hard to do. Yeah looking at a monitor my body's all twisticated all that i'm like on my knees yep Yep. and then rob's finally like brad move in brad move in and then i'm (laughs) dude i can't move in like yeah i'm you know and and then finally he's like well what's the longest prime we can get a 180 okay get that yeah get that yeah so then i'm handheld with a 180 the whole time which is it can be super fun and can also be a royal pain in the ass royal pain for the ac for sure like trying to trying to get the shots and things like that but it's like so, so were you were that? on that? Rich Floyd was my first yeah. on that. He was awesome. It's great. Yeah. yeah. What the thing with uh, so where you were on that is where I was on Halloween, one and two as yeah. the B camera operator on those yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. So I was always the long lens guy on those things, and I was never running around with a twelve to one like trying to do handheld or anything like that. But it was always the you know hundred mil, one fifty, that kind of stuff, and. You know he, he he loves that stuff and 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 actually with his but the way he likes to shoot if it goes out of focus here and there it's fine you know he just he likes that look um, which which I I don't mind the look either yeah. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that it was just trying to work in all those tiny tight spaces it was and tiny like yeah. nine what ninety percent of the time it's the one eighty just didn't come off the camera right yeah 
I mean, every once in a while, we'd be like in a tiny, tiny room and like a 180 was an eyeball. So we'd be yeah. like, okay, go the, go to the 150. Yeah, exactly. Like, give me two <laughs> eyeballs. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, fine. But you get my point. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. not a, <clears throat> it's not a complaint. It's just, it just was what it was. The one thing with what I have, to, I, do, I will say about working with Rob though, is, is that it's a, uh, it's. I, I, we always find cool shots and we always find interesting things and interesting angles and you know whatever the movie comes out as it always I always feel like we walked away doing something different and breaking the mold of your everyday you know mm-hmm. filmmaking which is kind of a fun experience where you can kind of shake off the average you know yeah usual yeah, yeah. And that's what I do I really like that about working with him I do too it's I like, like Rob I always looked yeah. at Rob like an artist yeah and he is you know and <laughs> yeah as opposed to some other directors he just well he has a certain way he wants to do things and and it's going to get done that way it's going to get done that way yeah which is great he doesn't really compromise but yeah um, yeah i'll probably never work with him again because he's pissed (laughs) off at me but you know shouldn't have left for that commercial dude should have told him (laughs) i won't go into the whole story Uh but but uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so the here, the deal is this. I got called lo- long-time clients, four days on a commercial out of town. It was a it was a tier one low-budget movie in L.A. that Rob was doing. It was week four or something. Um, I had needed the work. I, work was slow. And then literally the week before, my grandmother had passed away, and I'd flown back to Florida. Not that that has anything to do right. with it, but, you know, I spent – you know what I mean? Like, when you buy a ticket on a one-day notice, yeah. you're not getting the $400 round trip. You're, exactly. You know, you're, so, like, I'm spending money, and then <clears> – and, like, that was, that was like a week's pay on that, <laughs> you know? And so they called, and, you know, I felt – in the end, I felt like I had to take it. Yeah. And – and then there was some confusion about different stuff and Rob got mad at me. Um, and you know, that's fine. But, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I like working with Rob would be happy to do it again, but, yeah. but also the bills have to be paid. <laughs> it, those, the, the jobs like that one was just, that was more of a, you know, okay, we're going to do this. Rob's doing a movie. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, cause it's more like, and, and the thing Rob does like to have the same people around. He likes to have like, no, Dave Daniel of, told me yeah. he's like he's he likes, like he likes Rob family. triple check that I was gonna make sure I got yeah. you and yep. all this stuff. I'm like awesome, yeah. and, and he's loyal like that, and I totally appreciate it. Yeah. And it's not that's maybe he feels I'm unloyal. I don't know, um, but you know, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to yeah. talk to him about it or well, but um, you know, whatever. Yeah, you guys will probably will. You guys will get a chance to talk again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we will, will. someday, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. I, I like him. I don't have any. I don't. No, I don't have any problem with him at all. But um, anyway, I, I'm curious. Would you? Would you have done the same thing? Probably not, huh? If I was asked to go do a commercial, by by the way, by the way, I'm talking about clients. These commercials, it's the same campaign for right. like now for like seven years. Yeah, this was four years into it or three years yeah. into it and i mean a few times a year they pay me really well they right. treat me great and it's one of those people i did a favor for exactly. 12 years ago who brought you got my point right no, so there I, are yeah. deep roots in this i too. get your point right i would have done it i would have i actually would have gone to rob and, and said here's what's happening you know, like right off the bat I would, have, I would have got straight to him and said you know here's the thing because i that's why i didn't do lords of salem because right. i he wanted me to do lords of salem I got offered Jack Reacher. Right. 
So I took Jack Reacher, and right. uh, but I, and I remember that phone call was absolutely horrible. You know, calling him because I love working with Rob. So right. actually calling to say, "Hey, Rob, I j- you know your movie's coming up," and I and I know I said I was going to be doing it. Yeah, but I got offered this movie. That's good. You know, your movie is four weeks. This it's one's a giant deal for my career. Big it pays deal. three times yeah. the money. Fourteen or weeks, probably way more than know. three times the money. Right. So I had to make that decision, and Rob yeah. was fine with it at the time. And then, uh, you know, I actually had to. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the detail, but no, it's fine. But it's and we like, don't have to go on yeah. and on about this. But you had to smooth things. But over. I had to smooth some things over. I think and Rob's an emotional guy. Rob's. Yeah, he's. I think he's he, an artist. It's, it's, he's an artist, but he just likes to have his people. I get that. He wants to be able to talk to the people. He wants to know he can be open about things, you know, and not have to work around, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. other people that he doesn't know. You know, he likes. He likes the. He likes. He likes knowing. Once he who trusts you, are. he trusts you. He trusts you, right? Yeah. Which is, and he doesn't yeah. want to have to learn to mm-hmm. trust somebody else. But and that's a whole thing, and and it's totally yeah. awesome. Yeah. I do think he's emotional though, and a lot of artists are, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But it does lead, you know, it leads. Well, in my case, there were some other things going on, which we can talk about later. But, um, right. but anyway, I don't want to talk about that forever. Right. And but we do need we do. I need more ice for my tequila. Oh, we'll get that ice. And we're gonna get that. So we're gonna take a, a, a couple minutes here and get some ice. Boop. Uh, yeah. So during during our little break, you were talking about a movie you just did, Shazam. Shazam. I was saying what a great title it is. Yeah, you love that title. I do. You're like, why do they call it Shazam? I'm like, because that's the name of the character. And I'm like, oh. And it's a comic book. <laughs> I'm like, derp. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, oh, and we got more tequila. Yeah, we did. Uh, well, should we Should we cheers again? Well, we can cheers a lot of times. Here it goes. That's pretty good cheers. That's a good cheers. Mm-hmm. I have ice. He has no ice. No ice. Mm, Casamigos. Yeah, buddy. That's, that's staying here with you. That's your parting gift. I accept. Yeah, <laughs> I accept. <laughs> Before you change your mind, <laughs> um, I've had it. I've had it a few times, but not that often. This is probably the most I've ever drank of it. It's good. It's pretty damn good. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's Shazam. That was up in Canada, Toronto. Yep. Um, cold, cold, cold. <laughs> Absolutely freezing. How cold was it? It was like below zero cold. Like everyone in park is like snowing. We had ice storms. I went and saw Ministry during an ice storm. That was kind of awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I never went out hardly at all because it was always snowing. Every weekend I had off, I played Nintendo Switch. I played Skyrim for really? months. I just played Skyrim. Oh. And then the only time I really went out and did anything, Ministry was playing because there was a, there, like at that time of the year, there was it was so cold the bands weren't really coming. It's not through. much going on there. Not huh? much happening. But Nobody then, schedules anything. No, because they don't want to get stuck there. Right, or, right. It was crazy. But then Ministry played and it was awesome. I just it was great. So that's the only time I really got to see a show. But yeah, it was freezing cold. I, I saw them in 1992. Which I bet it the, was awesome. One like, of the craziest shows I've ever seen. It yeah. was actually at Lollapalooza. I bet it was awesome. It was the day. Hurricane Andrew was hitting Miami. So it was raining like hell in Orlando. Yeah. Like these big bands. Of, so it was super muddy. Yeah. And I was sitting, this no joke, on top of a building, <laughs> on the roof <laughs> of a building. People had climbed the porta potties, right. including me, and gone to the top of this building for some reason. And um, just Gotta to watch. It. And I'm looking down at the crowd, and they're all in mud. And at some point, I don't know if it was the band who initiated i think it was 
but everyone started throwing their shoes oh, at yeah. the band. Oh, wow. So there Maybe was suddenly was. like 10,000 shoes on stage, <laughs> like That's super awesome. muddy shoes. Because <laughs> everyone knew that day, like these shoes are gone forever. Oh, yeah. The mud was up to your calves. Yeah, yeah. Like it was so, and, and it was brutally hot. It's the summer in Florida. It's August in Florida. It was yeah. the day before my senior year of high school, actually. Wow. <clears throat> and they were hosing everybody down. And, and the, um, uh, the guitarist for Soundgarden brought me a glass of ice water and handed it over the stage to me because I was front row That's and I cool. had a girl, my friend on my shoulders Yeah, and they had a little wooden barrier. And for about 15 years after that, I had two scars on my hip bones oh, really? from that wooden barrier. Jeez. <laughs> That's amazing. But he saw me. I mean, we, we drank a lot of beer Yeah, and then, and then went and like, I started, you know, it's, it's 95 started, degrees. Swing. It's, it's super, I mean, it's as humid as it can be. It's oh, raining. Yeah. You're Florida just problems. like brutalized. Yeah. Yeah. You're brutalized. Yep. It, anyway. And he just, he looked me in the eye and was like, that guy needs a hydrate. And he like pointed me and then he walked side stage during a song and then just stops playing his part and brings out a, a red solo cup with ice <laughs> and water in it. And That's hand, awesome. And hands it like to security. who get, And then I drank the water and my friend drank some of the water. She drank some, and then I gave ice to everybody around us. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's that, awesome. I don't know why I just made that a thing, <laughs> but yeah, ministry. So yeah. that's all you did in in Toronto. That was it. It's funny just how I worked this the, about me, it. isn't it? Sorry, hey, it's okay. Hey, it's your podcast. <laughs> well, no, it's just all the Florida. You're flashing me back to all this stuff. shit, man. Yeah. You're, you know, <laughs> we're boiled peanuts and in, in, mm-hmm. in ministry. Yeah. But um, if I named episodes, I'd name this boiled peanuts and ministry. Well, you could. I don't name the episodes, but, um, but, uh, so how long was that? How many weeks? Shazam was, God, it was from January, end of January till the beginning of May. So I was there for quite a while. Um, don't really five months or whatever. Yeah. Like four months, something like that. Like total of that. It was, it was a long run. It was, it was, it was awesome though. I think, I think it's gonna be a good movie. I, uh, I love the director. He's the same guy that did Annabelle, uh, two, uh, and the DP Maxime Alexandra, who's super awesome. Um, you know they they brought me up there. They they weren't good. I wasn't gonna go. And then uh, I guess Maxime interviewed a bunch of people and just was like, no, I want to bring BJ up. So I went up. And then uh, because I guess a lot of people don't go to Toronto. A lot of operators don't get to go to Toronto. They they want locals for the most part. Well, I remember a friend of mine was telling me when he went up, it was really hard, and he didn't like even even a few days before. He was like, I don't know if I'm going or not. Yeah, and it was a big movie and. I didn't know if Did I was going to go either. Did you feel the same way? Same thing. And then uh, you didn't have like the green light, green light until nope. it was well, almost I, the date. I actually so so I knew David Sandberg, the director, and Maxime had Shazam. I knew they had it, and basically they're like, "We can't bring you." Sorry, sorry. So I was going to go do a movie with Brandon Trost in Ohio. This I think it was Ohio or Oklahoma or somewhere. And uh, it was, it's, it's actually I bet the movie's going to be awesome. The Ted it's Bundy Ted movie. Bundy movie. Yeah, I had just and left Zac Cincinnati. Efron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zac Efron's playing Ted Bundy, which I think is a killer choice. Yeah, like it's going to be so. I think he's perfect for that. Yeah. But anyways, I was on for that. So and that was another hard thing talking about having to like ditch out on people. You know, Brandon's one of my best buddies, so having to call him when I got the call to go to do Shazam because it was a bigger movie and it went a lot longer than Brandon's movie, and I had to call Brandon and be like, "Uh, buddy, I got a bail." And Luckily, you know, Brand's very cool about that kind of stuff. He's like, no, you got to do it. You know, so, all right. Anyways. Who, who ended up doing it? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> no idea. Um, I think they got some, like, I think they got a local somebody. I don't know. But I have no idea. 
So anyways, that was it. But it was like the very last moment where they actually called and they were like, you know, the producer, this guy named Jeffrey Chernoff, who I've worked with before, who I, who's awesome. He, I woke up one morning, he's like, I think we're going to bring you up to Toronto, so get ready to pack your bags. You're coming up here. And I was like, all right, sweet, on my way. So it was, they got to get like you that. a work visa and all that stuff. Had to do the work visa. They don't want to do. Yeah, it's right. a whole process. Even because I, I worked in Vancouver twice, also, so mm-hmm. it's a whole process. You know, Vancouver's I think easier. I think it is too. But I think Montreal's easier too. I think that is too. It's you know here's the being that we're on the whole Canadian topic of like going to going to work in Canada. There's a lot of DPs out there that you know when they're going to do something in Canada, they're like, oh, we're going to Canada. I can't bring anybody. They actually can bring you. You know, it's actually they, all they have to do is they have to interview first. They have to interview everybody, mm-hmm. and if they don't want to bring, if they don't like who they interviewed or whatever it is, or they just honestly, if they just want to bring you their guy up, they all they have to do is go to the union, talk to the union, get it approved. You know, once they but they have to interview everybody first. They just have to do a little. bit They have of to do leg work. a bit, a little bit of legwork, yeah. and then that's it. You know, because yeah. Brandon brought me to Vancouver to do the interview, and then right after that, I did uh, the rest of Tomorrowland. Because their operator left to do, I think Man of Steel or something like that. Right. John, a guy named John Clothier. Um, mm. So he left, and I and I finished Tomorrowland. Right up there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that shot in Florida too, a little. It was shot in Florida. We shot in Spain. Did you shoot in Florida? I didn't shoot part in, in Florida. I shot in Vancouver. I shot in Spain, and I shot here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Again in Spain. Again in Spain. It's yep. nice. Spain's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I keep going to Spain. I, it's it's awesome. Great. Yeah. Why not? I'll go there again. So lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. And Vancouver, I hear, is awesome. I, I th- It rules. I think I passed through there when I was a little kid once, but I've never really been there. It is awesome. Out of all the places I've ever gone like on location, Vancouver is the one where I was like, I would actually move here. It's that cool. Mm. Like, I love the mountains. I like Squamish. I like everything about it. The food's great. The people are great. Right. It's an awesome place. My, I keep hearing that from so many people. My, my friend directed a movie up there last year. Yeah. And she's like, I want to bring you, but it was like a five million dollar movie. And, she's, uh, and in the in the end, the, the, her problem was the producers are like, no, right. And she's like, but you know, this is somebody, no, like they were yeah. no. Well, um, so it didn't it didn't happen right. unfortunately. But um, it's a good place to work, and and the people in the crew there are really good. Everybody's cool. I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I would love to go back. It's awesome. Yeah, not that I love it. I love LA the most, but yeah, yeah. but Vancouver. I'm, any opportunity to go up there, I'd do it again. It's yeah. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. I want to go, too. Somebody hire me in Vancouver. There you go. Hell, somebody See, bring me. This is podcast stuff. People are listening. Well, hell, I mean, anywhere I travel now, I mean, since I've done the podcast, I haven't really traveled out for work or anything, but yeah. I think it'll be an on-the-road thing. I, you know, if I go, there, there are people from my time in Chicago I would love to talk to. Yeah. And, uh, that's all a good my city. New, all my New York friends yeah. and their North Carolina people, their Florida people, there are all kinds of people. Yeah. So hopefully I'll get around, but they're definitely Canada people for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Both coasts. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But um, but yeah, um, you mentioned Jack Reacher earlier, mm-hmm. and um, will you tell that story? Which one? <laughs> okay. Nothing, not, not a, you've never told me any bad stories about that movie. Uh, you told me. Um, the helicopter story. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the fox. So, all right. So there's a there's a scene because I just think this is funny. There's a scene at the very end of the movie where there's a there's a fight sequence in a rock quarry. 
It's okay. like in this big rock quarry. We, I forgot where we were shooting. We were like an hour or two hours out of out of Pittsburgh. Some some place in this rock quarry way far away. We're all staying there. Were it's, you shooting just down there? Mostly in Most Pittsburgh? of it all in Pittsburgh, but that that finale shot in this rock quarry Got for it. a while. Okay. Um, so we had hotels down there. We were staying there. And Tom Cruise the, would come the flying in. The rock quarry hotel. Yeah. Like the bedrock hotel. It was, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't the best. <laughs> Flintstones. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, we, were, we, were, we were Flintstone in it there, but then old old Tom Cruise would come flying in on a helicopter, right? Um, every day, every right? day. So because he's at the Four Seasons or wherever he's yeah, at in, someplace, in somewhere someplace nice awesome. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So this one night, the whole place gets fogged in. Right. The whole I mean, just fog is you know Caleb the DP. It's like, well, we can't shoot. You know, there's there's too much fog. We have to wait to see if it's going to clear up. We don't know what we're going to do. So Tom Cruise, being the awesome guy that he is, decided. <laughs> To offer up, he was just like, guys, guys, here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm, Let me get in the heli. I'll get in the heli. We'll take the heli. We'll fly right over the top of the set. We'll get over there, and we'll just blow all the fog right out. We'll blow it right out of the set. I'll take care of it. We're like, that's kind of an awesome idea, but it's, but it's like, Tom, you're pretty amazing, but you can't beat Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, but there's just the fact that he was even offering that it's, was kind of the most amazing thing. That guy's awesome. It I mean, like, for a bunch um, of reasons, it's not a great idea. Not a great idea. People could have died, but <laughs> but at the same time, it's let's like, fly the helicopter super low in fog. Yeah, over a bunch of people. Yeah, shooting guns and <laughs> and and knowing Tom, he's I'm pretty sure he was flying the helicopter. So no way, we seriously? need him. Yeah. I don't know if he. Okay, I, don't, I can't clarify if he. So was he actually, probably definitely had a pilot with him, but he knows how to fly. He, oh no, he can fly a helicopter. Yeah, I got it. That guy's so talented. He's like one of the last great action heroes. People, you know, people that haven't worked with him might be like, "Oh yeah, Tom Cruise, I can't stand him." You know, I've heard people say that stuff, and I'm always in his defense. I'm like, guys, Tom is like, he, the talent that that guy has. It's. I mean, he just wants to make cool movies, right? And he's professional. You know, expects everybody else to be professional, and he's there. I mean, he's awesome. You know. Well. No matter what you think of him as a person or as an actor or whatever judgment you want to make on him, you have to look at all the stunts he does, which you told me personally. Oh my God. He does like all of them. Everything. Yeah. He's he's actually like what they call him, like super expert something motorcycle rider. He's Yeah. Like he can ride just as good as the top like motorcycle riders in the world kind yeah. of thing. At least stunt guys or whatever, and then uh, I mean he can drive like a maniac. I was he's in running in every damn movie. Yeah, Mission Impossible. He's flying on the side of a plane for real. For real. Special I mean, okay, lenses. yeah, they got safety shit like crazy on right. him. Of course, I get it, but you know he's still putting his life in danger. It's especially on that motorcycle. Oh, it's so impressive. And look what happened to that poor girl on uh, Deadpool Dead, Two. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, p- people are on the edge sometimes, and I think. Pr- I don't know much about it, but I think young stunt people get a little too on the edge trying to, they don't know, you know what I mean? It might be getting to that point where it's just like we talked about getting your career started. They're trying to get the career started. So they're, gonna, so they're willing they're to do anything. willing to get, to push the envelope a little too far sometimes. I think that's, and which is so dangerous as a stunt person. Yeah. You know, but. And I'm not blaming her death on her no, or anything. No, I know so little about it. I just know she crashed and, and passed away, yeah. which is super sad. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, I mean, my instinct tells me it was like her first job ever. Yeah. My instinct tells me, one, she's like a track person, right? Right. So she's probably not used to having the real world interact with stuff. And two, right. she's trying to, she's trying to perform. Right. And yeah, anyway. it's a, it's a shame. I mean, <laughs> but, I don't know what happened with that, but it's it's a shame. You know, that's that's a scary thing. It's just 
you know, at that young, people are probably, they're going to push the envelope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, but, you did. You ran with the damn bulls. I mean, yeah. think about how that could have gone wrong. If that one totally time wrong. when you went against the fence, you could have gotten a, a, a horn right into your gut. Yeah. It was, it was that close. I mean, it was that close. It was mm-hmm. so gnarly. But even, I was in the back of that car with Tom on Jack. So Richard. the question becomes, well, hang on. I want to hear about that. But the yeah. question becomes for a lot of us, like, what is worth it and what isn't? Because I've done some stupid shit. I've ridden in a race car around a right. track at 150 miles an hour with no safety gear on sitting on the on yeah. a fernie pad on the floor Yeah, to, to, to roll the camera. But it's yeah, now like, it's the age that you are now, I think, that's like an experience that you have. Now you realize, no, I got to be safe. I think the scary thing is that if people that are so hungry to get into what's going on, people are like... I was willing to do all sorts of crazy shit. Well, know? I wanted to and do it, and I, I would venture to guess that you did too. Yeah. And, that, and that's it. It's like, I want to do that. Even if people are like, oh, I hate going up in helicopters. Well, when I was younger, strap me to the helicopter. I've done that. I, I've been in a stunt harness hanging out the side of a helicopter with a film camera, you know, like that's pretty flying awesome. through, ca- through, through canyons. That's which, pretty awesome. Any, would you that, do that now? I don't know. It's like, I mean, I love it, and, and I, probably, I, I probably would, but it's also back then i was just like get me up there let's go you know right. i was strapped in i was safety in and everything like that but still it's 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 still dangerous mm-hmm. helicopters are dangerous there's a crane guy i forgot who he is he's in, he's in chicago and he actually they crashed in a helicopter like i forgot his name i wish i knew his name he's awesome super great guy he he works with all these techno cranes and like i know him you know him. he owns all the he cranes. owns all the yes yeah i know him he, he used to work on our show all the time yeah well um, they they crashed a helicopter and the guy that was with him they both survived but the guy that was with them thought he was dead and left him and so he what? woke up yeah he woke up in the rubble of this helicopter by himself where like in the middle of these woods, like way up in Canada somewhere, they were shooting like this Canadian railway commercial. Oh my god! And what god. happened was the helicopter hit like a hit a wire, hit like some kind of telephone wire. They didn't see, went down, crashed, and uh, the I don't know, if, I think the pilot or whatever got out and was like just started walking. Saw him. Oh, he's dead. I gotta go find help. He woke up later where the sun was going down, and the only people that found him were guys like you know on power lines, like the trucks that come work on power lines through those old power line roads. So the power went out because the helicopter hit it. And they came to fix it, probably, and then that's who found him, like just walking all bloody out oh of the wreckage. Oh my god! Yeah, wow, so they're dangerous. But going well, Garrett back to, always said, "Don't go in helicopters." Right, exactly. There's a reason that he said that. Yeah, but yeah, they're dangerous, but they're and, you know at the same time it's it's like yeah it's awesome. It's Even fun. on the interview, like. We had a helicopter, and I was like, I'll go. Okay. And I jumped in it. And okay, sure wait, enough, wait. We got to get back to the interview in a second. Okay. Because I, I already <laughs> have to get back to the part where you were in the car with Tom Cruise oh, okay. on Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. No, well, that's the same thing. Like, being in the car with him was was amazing. Just, like, watching how he would drive through things. Like, it was mostly second unit, but I, I did the whole beginning of this race scene that's in the movie. I'm in the car with him when he first sees uh, David Aiello, who's, like, there's, like, this standoff. And he just gasses it in reverse to gal this hotel parking lot and then takes off from there and so i i basically am in the car in the beginning of that and right as he enters the city then it goes to second unit then i then i took over again on first unit whenever he actually steps out of the car and lets the car goes right into traffic and gets in the bus lane anyways point so being, most of that he didn't drive the no, no he drove it all but he would go from main unit oh he'd go over to second unit to drive on that he would finish a full day of of our unit on and main unit second. and then he'd go to second unit to do the driving and then he, I don't know how he slept or how he got rest, but he still came in prepared, still came in like right. amazing. Not in a bad mood, not, not bad tired. Mood. And right. he came in and just killed it. Right, and right, and right. I was in the car with him a couple times for like the the very beginning of that stuff. And he was dodging other traffic, you know, like these barrier walls. And 
he's like, hang on, BJ. Whoa. And he would just take off and just really? gas it. And you're just sitting there back, you know, handheld the camera going, oh, my God. You know, it was it was impressive. He's amazing. That guy is amazing. Wow, cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds scary super fun <laughs> no it sounds su- it sounds super fun yeah it does it, was. it does yeah, yeah it was awesome i've done a bit of that and actors who are less stunt drivers than tom cruise by a lot yeah tend to want to gun it and they always think they have a cinematic community and of course um they can do whatever and they that's want where it's dangerous i've almost crashed with a couple of people doing handheld in back seats yeah and, i mean that's one of the <clears throat> that's one of the safety issues people have been talking about lately but um yeah but anyway um uh, it's still fun. <laughs> it is still fun, and it's good stories and stuff. But yeah. man, if you know, if I had died or gotten like a major head injury, yeah, on a movie ten years ago or whatever it was, and was you know like, yeah. you know what I mean? Now, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone else would go on, and I'd just be this poor guy, and you know what I mean? Show always goes on, right? And it's is it worth it? It's not. I you mean, have to. You have to figure out like where your yeah. level is. You know, I've said no at certain times and pissed people off really badly. Well, sometimes you have to say no. I mean, there's times where it can be so dangerous, and you can usually, you know, if it looks dangerous, it probably means it's dangerous. Yeah. You know? And it's not like trying to if throw it up red feels flags weird everywhere. Or if you're scared, if you're nervous about, it, you say no. You just don't. And do also, it, you don't you know? want to do something you're nervous about because you're going to make mistakes. Right. And stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. You got to be confident in what you're getting into, and 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 know that you can do the job and, and it's going to be done right. Right. And if you have a bad feeling about something, just you don't do it. Right. Even address it. I right. don't feel safe with it. We're not doing it. Well, I told the director, car sliding around a corner and it's a it's a suburban on like a six inch lift with like 35 inch tires on it. Yeah. It's asking to flip over and it's sliding around a corner and he, I said, okay. He's like, Brad, you get shot. He's a Hong Kong guy, so I, I should not do an impression of him. But he was Jackie Chan's stunt guy. Oh, okay? wow. He's, he's. Uh, Which now we ja- all, you all know that you see the end credits of Jackie Chan movies and you see all the accidents. When Jackie, right. And when Jackie wouldn't do something or he'd had one of those accidents, mm-hmm. Andy Chang would. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. We called him Andy Chang, bang, bang, bang. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Because he would say, bang, bang, bang. Time to shit. Let's shit. And we go, shit, shoot. Okay, got okay, it. Got Let's it. shoot. Yep. It was a Cuba Gooding <laughs> Jr. movie, and right. Cuba and I would go, Let's go, shit. Brad. Time to shit. Time to shit. Yeah, it's time to shit. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a lot of laughs. And Andy is a nice guy. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not making fun of him. It was just a fun thing with him. Right. But anyway, so he's like, No, I want you on the corner, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, Okay, give me a 50. And he's like, No, 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 wider. I'm like, Give me a 40. <laughs> right. I'm not going anywhere. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, give me a 35. And he's like, Brad, 18. And yeah. he directs a lot of second unit. This was his first first unit directing thing. This is 18 mil. Yeah. We don't have a remote head on this show. Oh, God. You know? And so it's an 18. I go, Andy, I, I'm uh, not doing... I, it's it's 10 feet from the truck. If anything goes wrong, I'm dead. Yeah. Okay, I do it. That's what he would always do. If I said no, he would go, I'll do it. He drove by the car that gets exploded and flips over right next to another car on right. a mountain road. I said, no, I won't shoot out the window at that. Yeah. With no safety gear or nothing. Right. He did it. Wow. And in the movie, you see flames engulf the vehicle he's in. Jesus. But, you know, and sure, it's fun, and he lived in great. But yeah. if something had gone wrong, they're all dead. And an assistant did it, too, with him, by the way. Yeah. And a, a, they hired a local assistant. My assistant would not do it. Yeah. My assistant said right before I did on the car shot, I'm not doing that. And yeah. then I was like, I shouldn't do that either. Yeah. And and he did it. And the grip ran. 
Grip tried to pull him away the time the car hit the tripod. Yeah. And um, he almost lost his eye. Luckily, it came off. And then he goes, we got it. And I said, no, 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 Andy, you took your eye off the eyepiece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we You flashed yeah. it. And he goes, no, 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 we're good. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> but <Dude>. anyway. <laughs> so not to change any stuff. So I no, 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 go back to my grip days. And, and, and it's so funny. You're talking about a, 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 a stunt where a car comes whipping around a corner. Mm-hmm. So I was a grip on term, on the second unit of Terminator 3. I don't know mm. if I, I may have told you the story. I don't think so. Dude. Okay. So that, that I'm going to pour you more tequila. For just this. a little bit because I got I to meet up with my buddy Marcus. And ah, okay. That's good. Ooh, Dunstan? Oh, yeah, Dunstan. Oh, tell him I said hey. You can come if you want. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm having dinner with. Um, so Terminator 3. All right. We're on the second unit. There's this big champion crane in the movie. Uh, you know, it and and so there's. I guess they bought two of these cranes. The stunt guys had to champion do this, crane, a giant champion crane. I've never like used a, a champion drivable. Crane. Not for no, like in the movie, the Terminator chick oh. takes over this champion crane. It's a big, huge oh, like, right, right, construction right, right, right. Yes, crane. Yes, yes, yes. So they bought two of them. The, st- the stunt guys, I guess, flipped the first one in, re- in a rehearsal, like over, like way out in some airfield somewhere, and they destroyed it. <laughs> so. So All right, guys, one. we have one left. We have one champion crane left. How much are those things? A million dollars or something? Half a million dollars each. Okay. So for a million dollars, they bought two. The uh-huh. stunt guys, I guess. Bargain. What I heard, I can't confirm it, but what I heard is that they... They, they ruined the first one. They ruined one. the first one somewhere. No one got hurt, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're downtown LA, and they're like, guys, this is the, this is the stunt where they, where they flip the champion crane, but we got it worked out, and we're going to do the stunt. So everybody, just back up. We're going we're gonna to do a rehearsal of it. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. So we're all standing there. We're and, and we're, you know, crews just waiting there in this four-way intersection downtown LA, and you hear this crane just going. You hear it like blocks away. Just you hear, whoa, like three thousand, whoa, three thousand horsepower of diesel torque. You just hear it shifting and coming. Here it comes. We're all standing there watching. It's like a plane taking off, dude. You this thing comes around the corner, and it's doing a Tokyo drift. Like this crane is. Full on Tokyo Drift, and for it was for it was Tokyo Drift. It's Terminator <laughs> Three Tokyo Drift comes around, just just drifting around this corner, and it's like the this thing is huge. So you're just watching it, going whoa, and it's totally side sliding, and we're behind it right now. So we're watching it go behind us, and it's and then it's aiming uh, away from us to go down the street away from us. So it, it does the it does the drift, uh-huh. and the driver just at the last minute loses control. <laughs> that champion crane jumps the curb. Hits a tele- going sideways. Well, no, it, it, it straightened, it, it straightened out, but, uh-huh. but it, it wiggled, jumped the curb, and hit an electrical post. And that electrical post snapped just like a twig. And oh, I'll yeah. never forget, we saw that, and then all of a sudden, it started like this domino chain reaction of all the other power lines by us. And in like any kind of like action movie or like twister, the whole crew turns and we start running and people are screaming. And I'm telling you, power lines are snapping. There's sparks. There's generator. I mean, those those uh, what are they transformers? Called? The transformers going yeah. boom, boom. Every it just started this chain reaction and we're running. And I remember looking back over my head and seeing just cable snapping and cable snapping and sparks. And it was totally, they should have shot this, dude. Nobody <laughs> rolled on it. Of course not. So we all get to safety. The chaos is done, and you hear over the radio, that's lunch. <laughs> it knocked out, like, all sorts of city blocks power. Like, downtown LA was, like, knocked out of power. Like, And so we all go to lunch. This is the first first thing up of that day, too, was that rehearsal. Trash it. Nobody got hurt. You know, everybody was fine. So we come back from lunch, and we end up shooting this champion crane driving through fake power lines 
with Arnie with Arnie stunt double hanging from this 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 thing just going through fake power lines and blowing up fake power lines cuz they decided it looked it was, so cool. No, it was in the movie, but that was oh. like what we ended up doing. It was just ironic that that's like you just did it we for just real. Really <laughs> almost killed the whole crew on Tokyo Drift Terminator 3. And now we're just shooting fake power lines getting blown up. <laughs> All right. Anyways, you're, you're, that's what that, that sparked that. That's story. hilarious, man. That's so funny. It was gnarly. That's so funny. But that's one of the reasons. Like, it was probably at night too. Was it? No, it was night? Oh, it was day. The, okay. Right in the morning. Well, the reason they don't when we were when we were both starting here in the business. Yeah. Downtown L.A. was where all that shit Everything. happened, and now no one shoots there. Mm-hmm. Um, Repo man, dude. What? I, there's always that one street that where they shot Repo Man that I always it's oh. like this is where they did Repo Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but I mean so much stuff. I've shot down there so much, yeah. but not in ten years. I, I remember actually, everybody used to every, shoot on the Fourth Street Bridge. And yeah, third, fourth, Sixth Street, Sixth Street Bridge, yeah. Fourth Street Bridge too. There and Fourth Street, yeah, right. I think. Um, but but everybody used to shoot down there all the time, and there's still people shooting in factories or warehouses, whatever down there. But like, it used to be uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, LA hated it. All the people that lived down there well, despised it. And now and now all the people that live down there are ten times richer than they used to be. Yeah. So now they have power. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think those permits get issued anymore. I've done some I've done I've done some downtown shooting, but it's always T V show stuff now here in town. Yeah. Know? And so but it's nothing like that. Like but they that, used to talk about like eighteen Ks, like they oh, would yeah. pan them off scenes and pan them into people's into apartments. People's apartments. But at that's four in the morning and, exactly. You know what I mean? Like well, I did. I did a movie. That's weird because so there's a difference between. And a lot of people don't realize. Sorry, we'd shoot in alleys a lot. Oh yeah. And the whole thing was pop up tents or umbrellas because yeah. people will throw their urine out the yep. window at you. I remember that. Yep. They <laughs> they sure did. That was. And I saw any, someone throw a mouse. Oh god. And any 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 alley you shot in, they would come the day before and and pressure wash. Yeah. And I mean, it would smell it like Clorox because they're so gross. Yeah, it was really gross down there. And there was a certain charm to that. Yeah. But anyway yeah i did a it's weird because like i did a movie in shreveport where we had hueys flying into like real helicopters flying into the city mm. and landing in the streets at like four in the morning so that's shreveport louisiana i guess you can do that there that would never fly no downtown anymore for like 50 reasons yeah exactly but this was like yeah we're in shreveport. starting with safety yeah. secondary sound yeah th- right like so many reasons it's insane right but you're in louisiana so they yeah. just paid some like, politician a few thousand bucks and he was yeah. like sure go go right ahead yeah fly that hooey right, right through the, the city it's whatever fine. it's yeah, fine cool nobody's nobody cares <laughs> right it is funny though the things you see happen in these funky little states and other yeah. places mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they push their shit and you're like yeah wait this is really happening yeah and they just let it go oh, yeah it's crazy um um same movie same movie with uh with andy chang uh, the short version is that same suburban with the giant tires gets in a car crash and it's supposed to plow through a couple of cars and keep driving. Right. Well, it hit it a little wrong and it snapped the wheel right off the axle and the the car stopped and then the wheel went boing, boing, oh boing. And you see it in the footage because, okay, so it was in Spokane, Washington. Right. And there's people watching in all the stores. There's all these glass oh, no. windows. And they're all staring because it's this big movie scene that we're shooting. Right. And you, this wheel's bouncing straight for the window at 40 miles an hour. or what? I mean, maybe not that fast. And right. so luckily, 
and then all of a sudden you realize people all realize oh my god it's going to hit the plate glass window and you see them scatter <laughs> but then it hits at the very last second a fire hydrant and bounces off oh wow and doesn't hit it and that we, hit somebody. That we shot all that later yeah. and they were like no one near <laughs> like right they they cleared out like four blocks yeah because we obviously had to reshoot it because later in the movie that truck is driving around so right we can't you know yep but um anyway all for free <laughs> all for free police for free they didn't pay a dime for any of that it's crazy and they just give it away because they mm-hmm. want them to work up there they want they just, want to have their place shot yeah it's just so weird man but it's so funny how many close calls like yeah um i mean that could have you never know Tire could have killed, killed five people mm-hmm. or you know your thing eric you know eric emerson told me a story where the the, the stunt car that went out of control nicked the bnc cable on the outside of the oh right the you know that it could have been a whole camera car full of dead yeah. people you know yeah totally <clears throat> and there have been those in what was the one with um nicole kidman oh i don't know well, that was an invasion or something wasn't it yeah or something something like that the car went out of control yeah. i mean she got injured everybody else got injured. it was the invasion it was bad yeah um but anyway we we can we can stop talking about this bs <laughs> although it's kind of fun to it's fun um, you were gonna, so I stopped you and got you back to Tom Cruise talking about the thing, but you were gonna tell a story about the thing. The interview? Yes, thank you. Oh. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you, that's how long it's been. Yes. I wanted to ask you about the interview. So I've never, I've actually never watched <laughs> There was so much hype around at the yeah. time, and then I just didn't catch it, and then it's one of those things, you know? Yeah. Um, they're all, they're all funny people, and I like their movies, so. Yeah. And Brandon shot it. Another book, uh, yeah. Another, you, another movie with trust. Um, who was your B camp? Was it Eric? No, it was um, it was a local. I was the only I was the only uh, American operator there. So it was it was a whole it was all Vancouver. Oh, you shot Vancouver. You shot Vancouver for that. for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the whole ending of that movie is like in Squamish, like where they have this tank. Well, you haven't seen it. So there's a tank and a helicopter battle. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was all shot in Vancouver, and um, got it. It was all all local people. Uh, Bob, Bob uh, was it Bob? Uh, forgot the other operator's name. Oh, that's Super right. cool I, dude. I didn't mean to put you under yeah. uh, under the gun there. Um, but so I can't really talk much about the movie except for the impact of the movie and all oh, the Jesus. stuff surrounding it. Yeah. So that was super crazy. Yeah. Uh, Kim Jong Un. That was that was nuts. It it was funny because we it were was all... Un, not ill, right? Un. Un. It was right after he got. Yeah. It was it was right after his dad died and. Yeah, pretty much right after his dad died and, I, don't, I mean I don't know what the like what the timetable was of that. I think it was like a year or something after that. But, right, right, right. But I remember uh, I remember we all actually were talking about that when we were shooting the movie. We were like, well, this, this might impact some things. This might make a couple people angry. You know, and we're like, oh yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. We never thought it was going to do what it did. You know, and never, never thinking like a Seth Rogen comedy is going to be mentioned by the president of the United States, <laughs> and it's going to cause such a stir of uh, of like controversy. And then what happened at Sony and all that stuff was just like, well, that's what I was. It was gonna, weird. That's what I was going to ask you about because obviously Sony got hacked. Yeah, and I believe you maybe know more. Last I heard, it was pretty much definitely North Korea that hacked yeah. us or hacked Sony. Yep, and stole all the info. Mm-hmm. So I get emails yep. from Sony, blah, 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 as a lot of people did, yeah. and they put us on that. But your Life shit, block. I think I think we emailed about it or texted or something. Yeah. And I was like, dude, and you told me, I believe your identity got stolen like right away. It did. Yeah. It, it, was, it was that. And I mean, I was put on life. I had like LifeLock and some other thing too. Like it was already. 
They had they Sony had, had me on the other one. Yeah, they had it me on two. Wasn't LifeLock. It was they had you on two. Yeah, they put you on double, double, double bonus, and you're and you still got hacked, mm-hmm. or you still got identity theft. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, who knows? Like, obviously, like it could that could be anybody. You know, like our our information. We signed so much paperwork that it could have been anything it, it might not have even been that movie it could have been like some truck got got stolen with all of our w9s in it you know fair point fair point who knows but right 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 and no one ever figured out how that happened no but what, what how was it stolen was it credit cards was it what yeah i mean i i had credit card fraud all sorts of stuff but it was i remember calling um glenn gainer he's a producer over at sony and i called him and all that was going on i said is this real i said this isn't I said i hate to ask this isn't a publicity stunt or anything is it like this is He's like, no, man. He goes, everybody here in the office, we're we're taking care of all this right now. This is totally real. This is legit. By a handwritten note. <laughs> yeah. People like, have told me that worked wow. there. They're like, oh, it was quite a while. We were like, runners were taking notes from people instead yeah. of emails. Instead of emails, yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Super crazy. Yeah. They had weird. to like scrap everything, I think, and start over. Yeah. Or anyway, but it um, was a weird. That was weird. So being you a called part him and that. he said, yes, this is. He said, this is this completely real. legit. This is really happening. And you were already getting. You were already getting. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, I just it sticks out to me that you're in the credits and yeah. you're you know, there are a lot of people in the credits. Yeah. But like if you're going to hack all of Sony, yeah. Um and you want to hurt somebody and it's all about a movie, mm-hmm. then why not start at the top of the credits and work your way down and try to you know what I mean, try exactly. to nail all those people. Did anybody else you know get hacked or I don't know. I I mean, I don't know the whole thing. I just know that I had I had like I had some things going on on my reports, you know, that were that were that were questionable. Like everything was like that. Had, like credit cards were definitely stolen. Um, I mean, who knows where my information is? I, I I have no idea. Like what where it all kind of boiled down from, or who else got right? Who else got really hacked? Because when that, when that went down, it's basically if you were an employee, as you know, if you're an employee of Sony, if you ever did a Sony show, you're basically on that hack list. You know, and it's not because I just did that one specific movie. I mean, who knows? Maybe they did target the crew. I, I don't see why they would do that. You know, but it's, I don't see why they wouldn't. I don't see why they wouldn't either. I mean, they're they're kind of like that. If you made that movie, you, you know, right? I, that's why I wouldn't even go. To, I wouldn't even go to North Korea right now. Just hell, the fact that I that your name's BJ. That my and name you worked on the interview. That I worked right. on the interview. Right. And if that because I mean, look, a guy, a guy got beaten. Whatever that guy was, the the kid that got arrested and did yeah, the labor camps beer. and came back completely brain dead. It's like yeah. he was just looking, or he took like some propaganda poster. He just took a poster, you know. And then here, you know, we're part of the crew that worked on a movie that people are now airlifting over the line, you know, like sending up in these balloons to go over to North Korea to try to expose it. And it was definitely a strange thing to be a part of. It was exciting too, in a weird way, to mm-hmm. be like, wow, you know, we we did something impactful here that that you know. That people are seeing, that people would usually not see. That people would usually not be like, "Oh yeah, the, the Seth Rogen people, had, the people that don't like Seth's movies, are now going to watch this movie because of the stir that it caused." You know, I wish they would have just released it in theaters again. I wish they wouldn't have taken that. I wish they wouldn't have been like pulling it. I wish they would have just said, "No, we're going to release it and do it like that whole thing." But it was yeah, kind of was a, a cool weird. Time. There was a weird moment there <clears throat> where they what what did they do? They streamed it or. Well, it, they, they pulled it from theaters because they, they were pulled threats it from theaters because right? of threats. But then they basically and, were and like, "And you know what? When there are threats and they've managed to hack all of Sony, you have to take you have to take it seriously, seriously. right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But it's just like it shows that that a, and that, by the way, they might scare you. Though. But by doing that, they might have kept shit from happening, right? Yeah. 
they might have done a bigger cyber hack or something. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah, you never know. It was cool. It's a I, hard decision to make if you're a Sony exec. Right. And what a crazy I, thing to have to deal with. And I'm sure they yeah. were dealing with the CIA and the FBI and like it was it was I mean even it was like I said when we were shooting it we were all kind of like I don't know man like it's just were you taking it too far you know like are we doing some things? Did it here? feel that weird? It's just like we all kind of knew that like what was going on is like like you knew Kim Jong Un was going to see it obviously right. But I never thought I was going to see the president of the United States actually talking about some Seth Rogen comedy that we did. Like, I never never saw that coming. <laughs> so I'm kind of proud of it in a weird way. I, I actually have from... I have one of the big... In the movie, there's a big... These big propaganda posters that are, like, in the like on the set, like, in the movie. Like, there's, like, in the, in Kim Jong's palace. Mm-hmm. And so when we wrapped, there's one... There's a scene where Seth... Uh, and this the, this girl that he's, like, with, it's, like, this, this uh, North Korean girl who who saves him they pull a machine gun out and start blasting through a door and kill all these these soldiers oh man spoiler alert sorry <laughs> people die okay um <laughs> go ahead go ahead sorry but there's like these big propaganda posters and so at the end of the shoot i took one of those like so i have one of the big how big shoot. is it it's massive it's about it's probably about 10 feet by 12 feet how did you get it home um I we we took it. I you know, I asked. I was like, "Can I have that?" Yeah, it has, it has fake blood all over it from the guys getting killed. Uh, yeah. But we cut it off the off the set, rolled it up, and had it shipped. Oh, you could roll it up. Yeah, we could roll oh, it up. But it's, it's like, like a po- big. It's like a poster like game. a canvas painting. <laughs> and there's and Brandon has one too. It's like this one it has like no, a stat, like a missile coming at the Statue of Liberty, and they're all in the movies, which is kind of cool. So we have we I have that. It's, oh, that's cool. It's kind of awesome keepsake. I and, and like just. It was a good time. Those guys are Seth and, and Evan and that whole crew. They're just they're great people to work with, and you always have a fun time working with them. So yeah, that was a, that was a good time. It was it was crazy though. What was the budget of that movie? The interview. I want to say it was probably I can't remember what it was. I think it was like between thirty to forty million. Mm. Something like that. It's a pretty good sized budget. We had a tank and a helicopter. <laughs> we had a tank helicopter battle at the end. It was kind of awesome. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Which I jumped in that helicopter too, like an idiot. Did you? I did. <clears throat> yeah, well, you when, well, I was in there with Kim Jong. The things you, Randall Park. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I flew with Kim Jong. I kind of flew with Kim Jong. Had to go in. Had to get in there. <laughs> you should watch it though. It's actually it's it's a fun movie. Uh, that's funny. Oh, um, another action movie you did. Let's see. Um, was Lone Survivor. I didn't. But okay, I didn't, okay, okay. There's, but you did second unit on. I did first unit and second. Oh, they needed, I didn't even they know needed you did first. I was on first unit when they had, when they had C camera, oh, and yeah. then when they needed steady cam on the second unit, and Jacques couldn't do it, they needed a steady cam over there, so I would go to second unit. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to clarify that because some people get no, like, totally, oh, dude, you didn't do all those brilliant Jacques, and like, no, no, no it no, was no, Jacques, but no, 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 I just to, want to totally fair to clarify. And I, yeah. I, I was going to be clear that you did, the, you came in sometimes yeah. on second unit but no i was in i was in new mexico at the time doing a pilot when you were also well they were there i don't mm-hmm. know i assume you and i were there at the same time i was there probably for like four weeks or something yeah. and um <clears throat> um i remember one of those producers i've worked for those producers too and i remember one of them used to go to the poker room and run like a giant game and people would take shots wow <laughs> anyway it's so off the Mm-hmm. Uh, off of what we need to talk about, but um, the point was you had a fall on that, yeah, on that movie, and you've had a couple of interesting things. Like you didn't really break your rig on that one, did you? No, but you were running, right? I was running. Yeah, it, that's it was, the only I've had one fall. 
I've had three. Knock on wood. Ooh, you've had three. But they weren't the, the worst. And this goes back to like the film student days. The worst one mm. was I was working for Nelson Craig, who's the DP for like all the Ryan Murphy things now. Oh, but is he doing Ryan Murphy now? He is. Yeah. And so I, I know that. I was just, it was just like the student film, the short film. And I had already been doing like other things. So I came in and helped Nelson out. And uh, no, 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 one splash. Buddy, I got I give you a splash. You don't have to uh-huh. drink all of it. No, I'm not. It's just available <laughs> if necessary. Um, have some Perrier. I, I, yes. <clears throat> BJ brought Casamigos and Perrier. But anyway, go That's on. Just fancy pants. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So where was I? Where was I? Uh, the falls. The worst fall. Yeah, yeah. Worst fall was running. I was running backwards full speed on this small film, and I had a grip who was just starting out. Spot me. I said, whatever you do, don't let me go into the, that pothole. Like, there's potholes over here on the street. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Still doing the shot. I'm running. I'm just, you know, 35 mil, full mag. I'm running. Burning rubber backwards. You know, the actors in front of me. And I just felt my foot drop into this hole. And I just went straight back. The mag just goes, bam, hits the concrete. And the, and the steady cam rig just comes right down on top of my chest like Thor's hammer. I mean, when that thing landed on top of me, it it's so heavy when you're on your back that it's mm. like, <clears throat> I couldn't get up. Yeah. People ran over, had to grab the rig off of me, and my shoulder was all bloody. And oh, really? It was, oh, that was the worst wreck. Lone Survivor wasn't a bad wreck. It was just me running between like the actors. Is all on a on like a cliff trail. There's like a trail on the side of a cliff, and the whole it was thing, over near ABQ it, Studios, right? No, this was in Chalili. This is about an oh, hour out God. of Albuquerque. Oh, they had some over there though, because we could right. see the trails. We well, would the, drive past them. With- right. Well, up in up in the mountains, right by Albuquerque, there was a place up there too. That's yeah, where all yeah, the goat, yeah. okay. like where they where they get where they find the goat uh, farmers, and that's where they like capture them and like hold right. them hostage. That was up there. Gotcha. But in but all the the when they got ambushed we shot a lot in Chalili is where they had the town set up and this whole like chase sequence and the tumble tumble when all the guys were falling off the rocks and rolling down the hill which is a crazy scene mm-hmm. um so anyways i'm running and i just am like f- just running forward and uh we have explosions going between me and the actors and they wanted a shot where it tilts down and you start on their feet comes up and then just behind them and so i do that so i start and we're running full speed and i start on the feet I tilt up, and next thing I know, I just feel my toe hit a root, just like, just like that, you know. And so I just start big stepping, you know, trying to save everything. And and like when that force is going, and you're going that fast, it's like, oh, I'm, no matter what, I'm going down. I just at a certain try to point, make you have this, to decide when to do it, how to do it. I, yeah, this is when my to thought was exactly the same. Yeah, you kind of go, all right, here <laughs> yeah. it comes. And I just remember, I took like a, I just took a knee and like just dropped down, and I took the front of the camera and I just plowed it right. That's into exactly the what I did. And broke the map box right off. Just just snap this map box right in half i broke two filters and a beauty yeah. ring that was all yep. i broke map box was okay the map box was my map box was in half <laughs> and uh but everything else was, was that fine it? that was it that was that was the fall on that one but the the worst one was on that student film and because i have a scar still on my shoulder from it's that. funny do you really yeah wow. it's right right here wow scar. crazy they, they it's funny how your instinct though is like okay well i can use this hunk of shit to Oh yeah! Stop me, you know. Yep. <laughs> we can replace this yeah. over here. <laughs> well, I already had the Thor, the hammer of Thor, like landing on my chest from going backwards. That's so. bad. I mean, I've told you know, uh, many operators, including myself, have told dolly grips, you know, when going backwards, if something ha- if I trip, if I'm going down, grab the rig, just yeah. grab the rig. I can follow my ass. But it's also it's like, but it, if the when rig you're going that fast, 
it's it, hard for it's, them anyway. Honestly, like, what's sure. the what's the grip going to do? And especially if you're running forward, what are they going to do? I'm like, not talking about running shots. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like quickly backwards oh, or right. something. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if you just tripped over your own heel or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, <clears throat> but the running part, they're screwed. They're yeah, just, exactly. I mean, all he can do in that situation is run right next to you and just pick you up and pick you up. <laughs> That's it. I mean, but that's it. But no, no, no. But the the fear is always that you know you'll trip and fall on your back. Yeah. And then the rig will come or the camera will land oh, yeah. in your face. You know, I mean that could ruin you. But yeah. Well, um, I had the I had the. And mag what was your other bounce. fall? Oh, it was just on the beach, and I just hit some sand. It wasn't. I like just basically fell in some sand. Oh, okay. It was like oh, I fell. I Fair like, enough. Minor. So those, those are my three. Uh, so my three I basically could falls. have had three too. I just got like yeah. once was in a cornfield with these big holes. Yeah. Half of it had been cleared up in the other head so we could shoot that but they, right. they left these giant holes yeah so i stepped in one of those holes and the it happens the dp caught me yeah that's so i didn't fall yeah i would have kind of fallen on my ass probably right um taking a fall is never good it's and especially just destroys your whole mindset because it's just it's once you go down you're like oh god you well know, then it's like oh, I'm it's holding like, a production and, and everyone's uh, looking at you and well mine like, was the first day on a on a on a show well it wasn't my first day but it was my first steady camp shot yeah and it was stunt thing running and yeah and I've told the story on here before and I, I did literally the same, same exact thing, thing yeah. as you I hit a little bump same thing yeah but um, my toes hit that root I'll never forget I felt it it's like that it's like that just that that root just makes you just go <laughs> right into an instant stumble and right. when you're running right it's like that it's one the, little it's thing. It's the giant Beep. steps. The Suddenly you're steps. taking the biggest steps that you've ever taken in your <laughs> yeah. life. And you're like, I if I, I take a slightly bigger step, I'm going to split myself in half. Yeah. And now I must crash. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's exactly that's, what it is. Exactly it's what time it to crash. Time to crash. Um, <laughs> and you know it's coming. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I had a close call in the ocean up to my knees in low mode with, oh, God. you know. <laughs> yeah. I've told that story on here before too, but um, but um, oh, what else? Oh, the disaster artist. Oh yeah, again with Seth and mm-hmm. Franco and all those guys. That's another thing. How was that? Wait, did Brandon shoot that? I can't remember. Brandon did shoot that. Yeah, yeah. It's that. That's a weird one for me because during that time, it's, it's just strange. Okay, so my grandmother was basically passing away while I was shooting the disaster artist. Um, so sorry to hear my that. head space was completely it's so weird to think about it now because i know i was there but when i think about it i don't remember doing it like i I remember being there and i remember certain things that we did but i but i was i was so it's like me somewhere else that's like me on 31 for for a good amount of it yeah and so i i couldn't concentrate like i was i mean i did my job how old was she she was 93 Mine was a hundred, but ninety three, unbelievable. Ninety three. Oh, she was. And she was. You were very close to her. Oh, super close. Right. She was. She was the reason why I got where I was. Yeah. You know. So it's crazy. Like so. So the. I. I really don't remember much of the disaster artist in a strange way. People are like, "Did you see it?" I'm like, "I haven't seen it." It was. It was a really strange time in my life. So you have uh, some emotions regarding that around the whole thing, right? Nothing against the movie or nothing. Like, no, no, the, no. no the, I understand. Like, I remember doing the job, but it's just like when people ask me, just even what thinking it was about like, it makes you think of your grandmother. Yeah, right. And like, I, I, get I, it. I think more of what was going on in my life at Buddy, that point, and it's like a blur. I haven't seen Thirty One. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, you know. And I've been meaning to watch Disaster. And you probably went. But did she pass away during the film? She did. Um, 
I, well, I, I went you to, go back? I, was I, she in I Florida? Flew, I actually flew to see her, which was, that was really rough. And then uh, she was still. That's she was always st- the roughest part. Yeah, that was hard to see her like that. And uh, and then I flew back and then, uh, you know, I got the news and it was, it was, it was awful. It was terrible. And then you flew back for the funeral. Yeah. It was hard. Cheers to both of our grandmothers. Mine was, mine, mine was Peg. What was yours? No, was Anne, first? Anne. But Graham. Cheers to Peg and Ann. That's right. Cheers. And Graham. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Did you? I, I, I gave, I gave the eulogy. Oh wow! And um, it took me about two. It seems like about twenty minutes, but it took me about three minutes to stop crying when I walked up there. That's the hardest part. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd cried. Yeah. Because I was on the movie, I get the news while I'm at work, and you know, in a certain way, the work is nice because you hang the phone up. Yeah. You get the emergency text, then you yep. make a phone call, you hang the phone up, and you go, oh, my God. And then they're like, okay, you're shot, blah, 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 go, Brad, come here, do this. And then you, you're able to compart- decompart- or compartmentalize. You go to autopilot. You go to autopilot, right. Yeah. And then... That's the disaster artist was a full autopilot for me. Right. The and whole I, time. Right. And, I, and I, I flew back to Florida, and, you know, yours was a little different because she got sick and stuff and whatever yeah. i didn't i'm actually glad i didn't i mean i mean it's 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 six and one half dozen the other because i in some ways i wish i'd seen her before she passed but yeah if i'd seen her in a bad state i don't know what i would have said that she doesn't know already yeah exactly we were close we were very close yeah. so um and i tried to tell this story about mine we're we're so off topic but i don't give yeah. a fuck i think a lot of people think about this stuff and it's important yeah because the amount of time we work we have so little time for family and stuff it's hard and that's <clears throat> and that's the that's a that's a huge balance that's like and i'm still trying to deal with that i'm still trying to make like the family time work and i you know i have a wife and she's great and and it's always like trying to figure out how to balance this career and she's in the business too. And she's in the business. She's a so when artist. you're not when you're not working your ass off, she is exactly. And, right. and so for us, it's kind of a, it's it's tough because we have to balance it, and mm-hmm. it's and it's definitely it's a challenge, you know. And and family does come first, but it's so hard because this is how we pay the bills and how things go. And it's just like, at what point do you? You know, I, just, I don't even know, I don't even know the answer. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Family and work, it's so hard. And I wish I wish I knew of a way to do it. You know, this business tears people apart. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a tough, tough. You have to be really patient, you know, in this yeah. business, as as we all know who work it. You know, in this. And look, I, I've said a couple of times on this podcast that I'm not a workaholic. Yeah, it's I why have a problem where I am. I I, I know you. I, are. I, I I was gonna tell you. I have an addiction. I, I think know. to work, and I'll admit it. My mm-hmm. wife goes crazy. She's like, you know, you need to take time off, and I'm like, yeah, but we got to work, and it's. I, I, I have a serious work problem, you know, and I'll admit it. Like, yeah. I feel like I have to be constantly working and I don't know. It's, it's like, I guess it's like a drug. I don't I have no idea. Like that's, that's what I do. That's what I've always done. Well, it's funny. I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since we're talking on this subject and since you're so open about just saying it, yeah, there was a, there was a little movie that I got a phone call for <clears throat> and, um, it was a first that I knew and it was a new DP to me, and I anyway come to find out it was pretty much um, it was just like a couple days here, a couple days there on this movie, and come to find out that you were supposed to do it, 
but you were on, I believe, Heroes at the time. What movie was this? Peep World. That Sarah Silverman, uh, oh. Michael C. Hall. Peep World? Yeah. It's such a bad title. I don't even remember that. Um, I was supposed to do it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Toby Datum was shooting it. You were supposed to do it. We talked about it at the time. You don't remember it. I don't remember it at all, yeah. But, but um, you were going to do it because you were working five days a week, but they were supposedly going to only use Steadicam on the weekends. Oh. And you were going to take the job, and I'm like... Oh. And it was a low-budget movie. Problem. And I'm like, Why? how was he going to take the job? Because I've done... I right. you know. I've done months on TV shows, and I think you were full time on the show. I wasn't. That's that's where it's different. Ah, uh, okay. So, so, so there's where I'm wrong. Okay. Here's Heroes for me was one of the last and best gigs of a, of like the Day old school Steadicam. Steadicam operator. Is where I had two seasons of Heroes where I was the dedicated Steadicam guy. That was awesome. I, I wish there were still those kind of moments now, yeah. but there's not. You don't see that anymore. You either have to be the A or B Steadicam guy. So I had the luxury of with heroes which was awesome where they would be like oh we need you like three days a week two days a week and sometimes i'd go in at eight o'clock in the morning all right steady cams first up all right i do this long steady cam shot 10 30 bye you're wrapped yeah. full day's rate 10 Super hour 10 hour and your full rental perfect job until they until like everyone's like 24 is awesome it's all handheld we gotta go to that look right. and even pete mercurio the other operator was like oh handheld he's like i'm not no man he we're bailed. he didn't bail but he did it but it was still it's like they created a show that had feature-like movement to it. You know, we every, all the shots were very composed, very like thought out. You know, I I love that about Heroes because it was it was like the, the shots were like looked really like a movie. They looked like movie shots. Yeah. They were really well done. Yeah. And uh, but then the whole handheld revolution took over, and that's when everyone's like, oh, we got to make it more like that. And that's kind of where it turned. And so when that happened, that's where I was like, all right, I'm out. You know, because you guys aren't gonna call me as much anymore, and I can't be on. I would I would refuse to take work actually at that point, you know, because I was the Steadicam guy on Heroes, so I had three four days a week. So you were getting so much out of them, you would just not take. I would take stuff any other jobs because because you didn't want to be unavailable right. for Heroes. Sure, exactly because it was a cush job. Unless for me. you knew that you weren't working in that and that Tuesday or whatever. Stuff, right, yeah. right, right. So that's probably why I was. I see now. Now it makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. Now that's it makes a why. lot of sense. I I was miss I was. I was mistaken previously because I thought you were full time no. on it, which you you were, but were definitely I not. were, but wasn't. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, that so makes sense now. But I was like, <laughs> how the fuck? I mean, but but there, but I well, didn't do it. The question is, would you? Well, it didn't shoot on weekends. That's what ended oh, up. Okay, happening. got it. Um, <clears throat> they changed all the schedule. I don't know why. Yeah, but um, they heard I was available. Good. Well, I'm glad you got it. <laughs> Believe me, you didn't want to. We did a shot on the roof of the L.A. County Courthouse, which had, I don't know how many characters in it, a whole lot. Oh, man. It was like a five-page shot. Yeah. And so we did it. This was the first shot I ever did on the movie. We did it like 30 times. Oh, that's terrible. And finally, and I'm like... Well, cool, though. I've got this cool oneer that's pretty interesting, and it's got this great background, L.A. in the yeah. background. And I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. I mean, it sucked to do. It was yeah. hard. But it's fun right? figuring it all out and working with the actors on movement and because certain actors had to move me from one person to the next and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really fun to deal with. And then, 
And then so finally they're like, all right, we got it. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, cool. And then, you know, I'm docking my rig and the director goes, okay, so let's go in for coverage. Oh, that just kills you at that point. You're like, And I'm like, what? Yeah. I looked at the DP and I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah. And he goes, I I don't know. Like, he didn't even know he was going to do coverage. Then the guy Uh, wants, and he wants it all on Steadicam, of course. That's got to look the same. Remember? It's all got to look the same. I, I don't get that. Like By I, I God, really, I, I don't get that whole thing. It's like when that happens, I usually just go give me the Garfield mount, and I'll just sit on a dolly. It's an interesting moment. I'll tell you about in a second. The, <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, but no, but and it was this great cast. It's um, what's a guy's name from The Office who played Dwight? Um, I've never uh, seen The Office. What? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. The U.S. version. I, it's just ridiculous. Dwight Shute. Shute. Shrute. He plays. Okay. God. Um, Rain Wilson. That's his oh, name. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, but. Oh, my God. There's so many actors. Look up Peep World. P-E-E-P World. Okay. It's Sarah Silverman. Um, Ron Rifkin. Yeah. Michael C. Hall. Rain Wilson. Um. Oh God! There's like three other really awesome people in it. Anyway, my brain, my brain is. Oh, Taraji P. Henson's in it. She oh, she's plays, great. Yeah, she plays Rain's uh, girlfriend. Um, um, God, the woman who wrote the book. I don't know what you know me from. She's so good. Anyway, <laughs> okay. I love her, so I yeah. can't believe I can't think of her name. But anyway, it was this great cast and crappy movie. But yeah. um, but the director wrote Coming to America. Oh wow. Which is a fantastic film. Oh, wow. Indeed. That's cool. So I had these really awesome conversations. He's like, oh, yeah, I knew Eddie when Eddie was 16. And Eddie, I like helped Eddie and I was a writing partner of Eddie's. That's cool. Holy cow. It's so cool. Yeah. But he didn't know how to. I mean, I think he's a very nice guy and all that stuff, but he didn't know how to direct a movie. Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. (laughs) But. Okay, yeah, it does. It happens too often. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, this was this was a bit of an extreme. But yeah. But he's a legend because he wrote like a couple of legendary movies, and yeah. so you know. But um, <clears throat> and you've done you've done a lot of directing. We we don't have long to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't get to it oh, sooner. Dude, but I've, I've do- enjoyed all this. This is great. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you directed Hatchet Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Is have there has there been a hatchet after? There's been a Victor Crowley. It's I mean so it's, it's like basically a, Hatchet Four, but but like they, a they, spinoff. It's like a yeah, but they just didn't want to call it Hatchet Four. I guess I don't know. I don't have anything to do with the Hatchet movies anymore. Why after not? That. Long story. Oh, got it. <laughs> do you care to tell the long story? Not really. It's okay. just it's just it's yeah. There's a lot of uh. Let's just say I learned a lot. Okay. And uh, it just. It was a it was an experience. Like I'm happy with what is we it, did. Is it maybe fair? And I honestly don't know anything about this. We haven't talked about this. Yeah. But is it maybe fair to say that things didn't quite work out the way you wanted? Maybe or or I what's think the, the? I, I think well, a lot of things didn't work out the way I wanted. Okay. Um, and things. Let's just say a lot of things and a lot of people presented them presented themselves in a light that I never saw before. That I really kind of saw at the end of it all and that's just kind of how what i i that's what i that's what i got out of hatchet three i'm happy with what we did but it's like it was a good experience and you know it's made me stronger as a director through the other things that i've done you know which has been you know mostly the slate like slayer videos right now that i've been doing that have been pretty awesome where i've been able to write them and 
I just write these things and we go out and do them and cool calling favors it's been a lot of it's, it's a lot more fun when you're actually writing and doing your own stuff let's just put it there yeah you become a creator yeah <clears throat> that, and that's right. been the most ex- exciting part. and on, on hatchet three you were in just some ways piggybacking off of what other people had done and also taking yeah. somebody else's material and i had to take what was written and i had to try to keep the same tone and the same vibe of what the other movies were which right. were very b camera campy which isn't really you know i took hatchet three because i wanted to, to direct you know i've always and i love directing but it's like i took that to have a first feature um it's not exactly the kind of like horror that i would do mm-hmm. i like the more serious stuff this was more like just it's silly a little shockier it's a little not even shockier it's just like it's just silly it's like fun horror but it's just like kind of campier it's it's kind of cheesy. Well, I didn't say shocky. I said schlocky. Schlock- oh, schlocky. Yeah. Yeah. Schlocky. Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. schlocky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we had to keep it in the same vein, but I, I wanted to change the look of it. So I made it, I tried to make, the one thing I'm really happy with about what we did with, with it was we made it more look like a, it made it look more like a movie because mm-hmm. the other ones, they, the first one was 35 millimeter and then the, the second one was shot on just a red one and it looked like digital. I was not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was happy with what we did with the look of it and kind of, and, and some of the stuff we did that way. It was, you know, it was cool. And some of the kills. Yeah. But there, there's good and bad points. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 the number one good, I assume is being able to direct a movie. I mean, yeah. And that's that. And that There's was the such an it. infinitesimal amount of people in the world that can say they've been able to do that. Yeah, you know, and and to have somebody, you know, you had relationships with the producers and stuff, yeah. and that's how it happened. You worked mm-hmm. on the first two, right? Yeah, I was the operator on the first two. Right. <clears throat> so it's pretty awesome, and I mean, that's a large leap for them to take. It was a big step to and bring it, and, to bring you along, and that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was very cool, and it was a very it was a it was a good and, and, and a rough experience, you know. And I right. learned a lot from it. You sure. Know? So, I I mean, uh, think about your first Steadicam job. How oh, rough was that? So rough. Right. So rough. <laughs> was especially it as rough to, as especially that? Especially not being a camera guy, like being a grip and trying to come in and be like, yeah, all right, yeah, let's mount the camera and you know, I'll take the thirteen to one. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what? You know, so yeah, it, <laughs> I learned a lot with that too. That's why I made all my mistakes on student films. Yeah, well, I mean, but students don't make features. No. And they don't hire, you know, 30-whatever-year-old yeah. directors. Exactly. For the most part, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you know, let's just be honest about it. I mean, the only way you're going to get a movie is if you're rich. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about the disaster artist. I mean, look at that guy. Uh, you have to be super rich, super connected. Yeah. Or what? That's about it. Or super lucky. Yeah. I mean, or a scam artist. There's been there's a of lot of those. There've been quite a few. It's a lot of those. But, <clears throat> but um, but no. I mean, it's just a rare thing to do. Yeah. And that and and the, the fact that you've gone from that to to being able to direct music videos. Yeah. And, done a couple commercials and. So you're like you're a giant. Oh, you've done some commercials too. Yeah. Right? Didn't Dustin Perlman shoot? He some shot. Of he shot oh, a cool. drone commercial. We did. It was pretty, it was actually pretty awesome. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's such cool. a good dude. He's I rad. saw him at Cinegear this year. Oh, you didn't? I haven't. Seen, I was just, supposed to catch up with him. But. We totally just bumped into each yeah. other, and he's like, "Hey, dude, what's hey, up?" Brad. I came out and helped him on something quite a long time ago. Yeah, something he was shooting for, yeah, a favor kind of thing. He's the he's an ultimate go getter. Is that he? Guy. Yeah, he's a nice human being. Yeah, no, he's great. I like that about him. Yeah. I, and I I met him through you, I think. Yeah, yeah at some point. I think so, but um, I met him on Hatchet. Actually, I met him on a oh, student really? film. Oh. While I was getting ready to do Hatchet, or actually, no, I met him. 
I met him on a student short that, that I came in to do like one shot for him while I was doing Hatchet. And while we were, or was it Hatchet? God, what was it? No, it was this really awful Western that I was doing called, um, oh, it was this terrible hip hop. It was a hip hop Western. Oh. oh, God, what was it called? Oh, it was terrible. Anyways, so we lost our second AC. And I met Dustin on this little student film. And so he was like, I mean, Dustin's no shame. He's like, hey, if you got anything, man, I'll come out and work. So this guy didn't show up one day. And I was like, all right, well, I'm I got to go call this guy Dustin. So yeah. we called Dustin up and he comes out. And that's how Dustin became buddies with me. And we just hit it off. Hit it off. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's this business. It's like, it's who you bump into and who you meet. Mm-hmm. There's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. It's who you, who you meet. You know what? That's really interesting because that's what I was trying to get to previously when I was saying like I was stupid and turning jobs down for money at the early stages and you were taking everything that's what I was trying to say was you you encompassed it's who you meet meet. and when you meet more people yeah there's more who's oh 100% yeah I mean like Phil Parmet he's a DP I work with if I had not worked for Phil Parmet I would never have done I would never would have met Rob Zombie right and I never would have done those movies and you and Phil would you have met Brandon Trust no, because right. Well, actually, no. I might have because Brandon called me before to do a movie. Uh, I think it was like Pulse three or four or something. He was doing some oh. movie in Shreveport, but I didn't do it. But because I was okay. doing, I was doing the Collector with Marcus Dunstan, who you're so, going to meet, who for I'm about side. to go have dinner with. <laughs> oh, dinner. Um, but uh, maybe I would have met Brandon. I'm glad I met Brandon. I love Brandon. Um, but Brandon's a lovable guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, but if I would not have worked with Phil on these Scotty Con movies that were so weird, um, he took a, he he really put his neck out and and whenever Rob was wanting a Steadicam guy, he he brought me into interview, you know, and I was like, hey, hey. yeah, you have to be zombie approved. I, I was zombie approved, and that's and, what and, Brandon Brandon called me or texted me yeah. when I when I got Lords of Salem, and he said, "You're you are now zombie approved. You're zombie approved." <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's I had to go in, you know, and I I had worked on Devil's Rejects and like and I was a grip on Devil's Rejects. So oh, I had yeah. I I met Well, Rob. you're super into horror stuff and Big time. Yeah, yeah, you're a big fan of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm really not. Yeah. But I can appreciate good when good yeah. is good, you know. And Devil's so. Rejects was awesome. Yeah. So when I I actually took a day off of I I forgot what I was working on. I took a day off to go meet re-meet Rob cuz I was a grip. I doubt Rob remember remembered me being there but anyways i i went did the interview and that was yeah. that and so if it wasn't for phil parmet putting his neck out for me then i wouldn't have met rob and so then when phil didn't come back to do part two halloween two he was looking for dps and so he he got brandon and so rob being the loyal guy he is said hey brandon i like this guy i, these, like I want these operators i want david daniel and i want bj mm-hmm. and that just goes to show a good character right there you know and 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 he brought he brought Brandon to the table, which brought me sure. close to a close friendship with Brandon, and mm-hmm. and we've been friends ever since, like super buds. Like go see rock shows together. I know I always together. feel like to add odd great. out when I'm around you too. <laughs> <clears throat> Although you gotta I'm, start wearing more metal T-shirts, dude. I know. I'm like this. <laughs> start pix- listening to metal. This Pixies T-shirt isn't doing it mm-hmm. for them. They're nope. just like mm-hmm. they're like no, no surfer Rosa here. 
<laughs> See, he knows the album. I well, it's because I listen to metal and punk. But remember, I was in a punk band. I was in a punk band, but I'm still a metal fan. But Brandon, Anyways. when we did Lords of Salem, Brandon would come to set with these t-shirts on, like band t-shirts, and I'm like, no, yeah. but who is that band? Like he's into all this stuff, it's which is Brandon. great, which is cool. But yeah. I have no idea who that is. It's like he's wearing a band, and it's like the Paper Clips, and I'm like, who the fuck are the Paper Clips? He's introduced me to some really great bands. Like it's, I'm it, sure he but has. It's, it, th- that's the fun thing is like, so Brandon's probably like what I think like maybe ten years younger than me. So me is getting older guy that doesn't hear. I, I'm still holding on to music that I listened to when I was in like fifth grade. Uh-huh. I'm like I'm still like, and so like when you have the younger people come in and they start and they have all these new bands, he's introduced me to all these awesome new bands. So because he of, is younger than because he's younger. So he's you know he's, how old is he now? Oh, that, that's I a rude question to ask. Sorry. Uh, I think he's around 36. I don't yeah, know. Okay. Like, probably 36. Yeah. Um, but but still, it's like, it's, it's cool because, you know, I'd go see a show with him. Who is this band? And I was like, this is awesome. And then he, vice versa. He'd come see a show. Hey, Bram, we're going to the show. All right. So he'd come out and do that. So it's a it's a match made in heaven. But if it wasn't for Rob, I would never have met Brandon or probably not worked with Brandon. And that's it. So it's just, it's just like, again, going back, it's who you meet. You meet people. And you just you grow your network from there. But thanks. I think we, we got to wrap it up. Oh, man. yeah. You got you got places to be and, and people to do. Oh, I got to meet him in there in uh, 20 minutes. Well, I'm I'll, not going to make call, it. I'll call him for you. <laughs> I will call sweet. and apologize for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, but, Marcus. But thanks so much for, uh, oh, for thank doing you. this, buddy. No, I had a great time. It's like, it's you know, I, I've thanks done a, a couple tequila. other. Yeah, of course. I've done a bunch of podcasts, and it's just fun to be able to sit down with a buddy and ultimately just shoot the shit about all this well i'm a little offended you haven't listened to any of these you know um like i said i don't i haven't listened to, even the podcasts i've done i barely li- I, I haven't even listened to those i don't think <laughs> it's all good man it's all good i suck <laughs> yeah we can leave it at that there we go those are my closing words guys and don't make fun of my name anyways <laughs> all right billy john that's it thanks buddy yeah thank you buddy <laughs> see you bye <laughs> Thanks again to BJ for coming and hanging out for a couple hours, and thanks for bringing tequila, buddy. Uh, It was great and always appreciated. Um, That's about it. Thanks for listening, and check back next week for another episode.